0: which there's so many different factors of what can cause the body to have pressure dysregulation. We look at, um, we talked about, we keep going back to adrenal stress. We look at the diaphragm regulating interabdominal pressure. If you don't breathe properly, your body's organs around their fascial bags and and connections uh, register dysregulated pressure in there. So they become stressed. They become squeezed. They become tight. When things are tight and squeezed, they don't perform optimally. So that, you change the organ function and that's all started a lot of it is started from lack of breathing you know diaphragm doesn't move the rib cage doesn't expand causes a hell of a lot of stress and causes a lot of compensations around the body
1: i'm andy petronik the co-founder of the whole life challenge the inspirational game that helps thousands of people around the globe take action each day to improve their health fitness, and well-being. Join me each week on the Andy Patronic Podcast for interviews with guests that will help give you ideas, get inspired, and take action toward being the best and healthiest version of yourself you can be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Andy, and I'm back. Episode number 136. Today is with Alex Rizk and Brian Donahoe of The Human Garage, and uh, we will be getting to them in a second. The uh, the Whole Life Challenge started this week. Actually, let's see. When this podcast goes up, it will have been going for a week. And, um, you know, it really snuck up on me. The six-on, six-off format, which is brand new for this year, is a new thing. Now, it ended early. It ended two weeks early, but we started... The break between challenges was shorter than it's ever been. It was only six weeks. We've done eight or nine weeks in the past, and it really did sneak up, sneak up on me. One of the really cool things about starting this week... Now, I've got a lot of resistance to starting. Uh, believe it or not, you would think maybe that me, Andy petronic founder of The Whole Life Challenge, would not have any resistance to doing it. I just love this stuff. Well, I, I do love it. I love the results, and I love the impact, I don't necessarily love you know jumping in and doing it when it's time. And um what I've learned over the years is when I feel that resistance if I just start it usually it usually goes okay and uh, that's what I found this time. Um I just started. I I just started scoring my life and the the crazy thing, you know, like I I didn't really make any modifications. I had I think the first night I had ice cream of the challenge. Um But very quickly, I started to make little shifts in the choices I was making around mobility, the choices I was making around foods and snacks. And uh, it feels really good, but it feels really ordinary. And um, ordinary is a good thing because life is ordinary, right? I, I want the shift that occurs between whole life challenge time and non whole life challenge time to be as small as possible. There shouldn't be a huge shift between those two, because really, if I want a long term, healthy life, um, I should be living by these um, by this compass all the time. Um, And um, that's that's the objective. So I wonder how the rest of you guys are doing and how that break was for everybody else out there. If you um, have any thoughts on that and like would like to share, please, um, you know, you can email me, but you can also post a comment in the Whole Life Challenge blog where, this, where the show notes of this show will go up. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how it's going for you. I decided to start the... I do a living room workout series. Uh, and... Um, I've been doing it now for, gosh, I think about a year. I've got 25 episodes, 25 different workouts. They're really short, you know, well, I'd say really short. They're under 15 minutes each. They are designed to be done in a tight space. Really, all you need is about the size of a yoga mat space. I do it in my living room. I do it sometimes in my garage. Uh, You don't need any equipment. And I decided to start this series because I do one with each whole life challenge. I Decided to start the series with a With an athletic warm-up And I really really like it I've actually committed to doing that Every day of the whole life challenge I've already missed I haven't done it every day this week But um, it's about 15 minutes long It goes through every part of the body It is not stretching But it does stretch It's it, it's called dynamic stretching So you're actually moving And it, it, it's not like holding poses holding moments in, in like yoga. So um, get you might get a kick out of it. Go to YouTube. You can do a Google search. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, do You can do a Google search for living room workouts with Andy Patronic. You can go to the Whole Life Challenge YouTube channel, and you can find the, the playlist for the living room workouts. And the, the athletic warm-up one is number 24. Um, I just shot... And uh, we'll be posting work at number twenty-five as the as this podcast comes up. Let's change gears. Um, I want to introduce my guests. They are this is the third of probably four podcasts I'm going to do related to the Human Garage. I had the founders, both Gary Lynam and his and his wife um, Anella. Uh And these two guys, Brian and Alex, are therapists. Alex, who's worked with the Human Garage for several years, and Brian, who's relatively new, they are, this podcast is completely different than the other two. We get into the nuts and bolts of what happens at the Human Garage. What makes it different? How does the therapy do things that other therapy just doesn't? we talk about the way the body works and the way the body functions and the way your brain communicates with the rest of your body and how it can get hung up by things like emotional trauma. And that can exacerbate physical pain in your body. Things I I just had never really put together before. And uh, these guys are really, really good at what they do. They're incredibly intuitive and that's one of the really cool things that 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 gary that the human garage is really um harnessed is the ability and the, and the willingness and actually this the not just ability and willingness but the focus of the program to access therapists intuition and and you know, what is the body telling me to do how should i how should i approach this and they just do it incredibly well uh they were my therapist when i went through the program at human garage so i'm not i'm gonna stop rambling Uh, my commitment is to get these intros done quickly so you can guys can get to why you're here uh and i'm under seven minutes that doesn't include the intro music so i'm gonna stop talking and uh, bring in alex and brian enjoy (laughs) Human Garage is here. Thank you. Human Garage is in the house. In the yes, house. we are. Uh, I mean, you guys are it, right? Is there any anything else that goes with Human Garage besides <laughs> Alex and Brian? <laughs> oh, no. We're just a, we're an extension. I mean, we're... I mean, as far as when I was on the table, the only thing I really remember is the horrendous pain that you two put on me.
0: <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> we are responsible for some tears. Uh... Yeah, well, year. I mean, we'll find out where that comes from. Yeah. That's our mission. That's why we're we're fascinated by I, it. We should stop now because uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. It's, oh yeah, it's you it's go down that rabbit hole. We never found it. <laughs> we never found it. We're we're it, we just we, hit, we hit pause it on it. We, we hit pause it on we it. Pause. We, we put did. a pin in thankfully. it. God, thankfully, God. Well, it's all God. about timing. Um,
1: Meaning, what do you mean timing? When you're ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm always ready.
0: I so was, if you I came, born, in, if you came in for ready. a sprained ankle and you're walking and your hip on the other side of your body was compensating you'd be ready to fix that we'd be able to knock that yeah. out yeah but what if it's emotional stress what if it's something that that prevents you from moving well because what what emotional stress physically does to the body and if that goes on for years and years and years so what what
1: i mean that's as good places as any to start yeah. what what <laughs> what is the connection between emotional stress and physical stress, and why is that important?
0: It's a loaded question. I mean, well, I mean, because yeah. really, I mean,
1: you know, this I is mean, where I'm, we the, get no,
0: this is where you make a statement, and people will. Whew, so this is where we have to draw our yeah, stake right. in the ground,
1: right? I mean, it, because yeah, it, I mean, I'm in the fitness business for 25 years, and yeah. although I understand there's a mind-body connection, and uh, I mean, I've I've seen that. In terms of performance of athletes I haven't really seen An emotional connection to injury Or to recovery from injury That um, Like physical injury I, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't mean like you can't perform better If if you're free of an emotional Emotional tension or emotional stuff But I haven't seen that translate to Okay now your knee's better mm. I don't know is that what well, you're saying well, that That yeah. there is a
2: Well <clears throat> typically the way that um, we will explain it to our athletes is emotion will typically exist in the body, right? And when you're on the field, on the court, whatever it is, the sport that you're playing, you're, the coaches are usually telling athletes, you know, don't think too much about it. Just do. Yep. Just play. Yep. Right? Exist in the body and let it flow yep. naturally. Right? And when emotion is is blocking that ability to do for whatever reason, but you're not able to be aware of what that emotion is, that's usually where the athletes will sort of lose some of that mind body connection and typically especially when coming to injury it's it's usually just you know walk it off or just kind of play it off right you have to stand as this and nothing can hold you back you are the ultimate athlete so keep going keep putting up the numbers whatever that means right and so a lot of the times um when athletes are recovering from injury uh whatever the severity of it might be a lot of the times they will cross that threshold a little bit but given the fact that it isn't talked about enough, I don't think that they're able to recognize what that emotion might be connected to if it is the injury or something else deeper than the injury, but that injury
1: is allowing it to come up. But how does the injury manifest emo- emotionally, and then how does the emotion continu- keep the injury present, keep the keep that thing locked up or keep the pain still there?
0: Yeah, I, I, I well, I, I think it's tied. It doesn't know. I mean, say for an athlete specifically you had a a season-ending injury um it it started to it's the doubt that creeps in you know uh you something happened you went down you didn't perform that well you just you're sitting on the sidelines now you're watching that sadness now all of a sudden doubt creeps in and you start to question yourself and i mean that types into mind over matter you know are you are going to get better but if you start doubting yourself or you start you know just having anxiety about not performing you know you perform your life and now your body is not doing what it's supposed to be doing and is preventing you from doing what you love causes anxiety you're somebody that's always used movement and your particular sport or activity as a way to release and now you can't do that so that causes that stress what that stress is physically adrenals it gets into mind over matter and how you're uh how you're responding to your to your adrenaline, well, you're not getting that adrenaline response. So, you know, when we talk about injuries and pain, breathing would be something that you do to actually calm those adrenals down. Well, we're, I mean, what we're trying to get is, is, is where the, why the pain manifests emotionally from a physical injury. Yeah, um, right, and there's, right. that's, a, that's a multifaceted question. So, I mean, there's... Because it could be an acute injury, but it yes. could be
1: a, an injury that you experience over the course of, you know, 20 years of doing something.
0: Yes, and it finally went or, you know, it was, it's was. it been linked to something. I mean, it's never... Because how do you define injury? Uh, poor posture and an unfortunate event. Anything out of alignment. So
1: if something hurts, is that an injury?
0: Well, uh, you look at uh, levels of acute injuries. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could be walking around in an injured body and not have it prevent you from doing something. But we would look at it and go, oh, man, that person's waiting to have an ACL tear uh, AC joints going to go depending on What side it is how do you know that You look at po- the way the body distributes Pressure and holds its own Posture okay and from there you Can just see from the structures okay This is more meniscal on the Opposite side we might see something on the ACL You know oh we just do that through Our diagrams and just visually Watching their gait. because yeah because you, you Guys start everybody with a postural mm-hmm. Assessment right you take
1: their picture You you and I don't know, I, I, the, I'm i just, re- I'm remembering from what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you watched me walk and uh, and then you said, okay, we're going to start and you know what to do. And I, like, what, what are you looking for? Well, what it's, do you- it's kind of,
2: there's a, there's a, and a lot of uh, the um, pro trainers when they're working with their athletes, um, <clears throat> especially like the Kanban guys, they're very obsessed with almost like perfected biomechanics is kind of like the mm-hmm. terminology that they'll use and it like looking almost as sexy as you want it to when they're running the 40 or whatever it might be, right? Um, and so if you've ever, we, we've all kind of maybe have seen those injury videos of just like a compilation of people having some, you know, kind of freak accidents. And typically <clears throat> when you're watching an athlete and or anybody run, walk, any of those kinds of things, given the sense of how you understand mechanically how the body likes to work together in totality, as you're moving forward or as you're moving side to side through a lateral movement, whatever it might be, typically when you see these imbalances like Brian is talking about, um, you, the, the body in, with its awareness around itself won't have the same type of understanding of where to plant because initially it's already out of that alignment. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the, the communication that it's pushing out before the foot even lands on the ground, as an example, coming from the hip, mm-hmm. when that foot hits the ground, since the hip was out, the foot's going to hit out too once it hits the ground. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. And so the communication that comes right back up to return to the hip is going to pass through every joint until it gets to the hip as well. So you have the ankle, the knee, right? And then that's where we see those susceptibilities for things like the ACL tears or the meniscal stuff, right? That happens in in a lot of... So by
1: by assessing posture or mechanics or gait mechanics based on what, what should be perfect posture, you can tell that that person is is a injury waiting to happen. Yeah, they're prone. Probably- joint waiting to happen or a or a meniscus waiting to happen or a... Sort of
2: like a risk assessment, essentially, yep. right? So <clears throat> a lot of the times when you see... If you remember from the posture that you did, the analysis, when you have that green line mm-hmm. that's down the center. So that's sort of the ideal line that the body wants to exist in. Mm-hmm. And then there's that red line that hovers kind of next to it. And that's sort of showing your negotiation or the compensations that sure. the body's going under. And whenever that line is off to one side more than the other, typically... The individual is going to be dealing with more pressure on that side of their body. And in the same token, as they're moving around, they're going to be breaking down more force than the other side of the body. So something as simple as stepping off of a curb and we see the kneecap go out. It's those kinds of things or those types of risks that you're under for just because your body is, has dysregulated pressure from side to side.
1: And when you ramp up the pressure, like if you're training or you're running mm. or you're doing something that involves more force, obviously the, the forces on your joints or on your muscles are greater, so you have a greater propensity for injury or for messing them up.
0: And that's how we look at the body too. We look, we stand up against gravity in an atmospheric level. pressure that is about, you know, 2,000 pounds of pressure on us at sea level. The mic moves. Moves. I know. I'm, you, if you, I'm if all, you, you can,
1: like, you <laughs> just don't, it's not on a, it's, it's, it's those in your hands. If we're not breathing into the mic. the
0: mic, I'm not talking to it. <laughs> Andy has a bunch of amateurs on.
1: <laughs> Jesus. This is amateur mic night. Seen, you've <laughs> seen uh, pictures of people on TV, right? Is this mics? where my mouth is?
0: I guess I'm, um... <laughs> my bo- my body awareness we need to start some treatment right now I, I know i know i need i need, need, need alarm. where is your protocol. mouth
1: where is your mouth
0: i th- i i if thought i had you off shut
1: your eyes and you you know did this could you point to your mouth i think i would fail
0: <laughs> I this morning jeez <laughs> we talked about i mean so i you know all I, I didn't get any sleep i got sick kids and twins twins of two two, yeah. two 3 year old twins well Good adrenal God. stress there we go you are know my, my a, adrenals. Are you or them? Oh, <laughs> 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 it's all the same now. I think. Yeah. So I mean, that's now. If I'm I'm an athlete, I'm going to perform today. I've got adrenal fatigue. Uh, you clearly see that my my body awareness is off right now. I mean, just those micro micro adjustments because your body is not feeling in tune. The second your adrenals start to pump a little harder to respond to a deficit somewhere, mm-hmm. lack of sleep. Poor nutrition, dehydration. Now your body's looking at it as going. It creates a hierarchy system of what's the most important, and it always goes back to living and and keeping yourself moving and functioning, not performing optimally when things are deficient. Mm -hmm. So, an athlete, particularly, or someone you know, even an avid marathon runner, you're you're pumping, you're working hard, and if you have an adrenal stress, your body is not placing your performance as a necessary thing. It needs to work on. It needs to preserve the organ function. It needs to keep your body awareness aware, standing up, moving, and it might tighten up because it, it's going into protection mode. So while you're trying to do your thing, yeah. your your marathon or whatever it is you're mm-hmm. doing,
1: it's preoccupied yeah. with taking care of something
0: else that it shouldn't That's even the brain's job. Really that's that's the brain's job. And everyone thinks the brain is in charge. The brain is doing is it's an input system and it responds to a negative stimulus. Okay. So it always is correcting. It doesn't know how to better itself for optimum performance. That's where the body and the brain talk to each other. And your conscious brain needs to be aware of what your body is doing in order to make the right decision for itself versus your brain automatically compensating for you. You see these things Alex is talking about, you know, being on that green line with our posture when we separate and we're in our we plug those dots and we see that they're very far off that green line. They don't they're not aware of that. Their brain was; their brain compensated around that, and it created that current posture that they exist in.
1: But the brain's getting its input from all the sensory neurons right. that are telling right. it what's going on. But are the sensory neurons waiting for the brain to tell them what to do, or are the sensory? Are the, is the body making decisions, and like is a fascia doing things, things without the brain necessarily even knowing what it's doing?
2: Well, so it, there's so there's a couple of things. The way that we explain it. Up until this date, um, mm-hmm. it's actually a little ironic. Just so, an
0: excellent point. Yeah. Up until this date, until because because it changes. Well, it constantly
1: is evolving,
2: and our explanation of it as we continue to discover more and more comes out a little easier. We use analogies, as you've heard, when when you're in the garage. We obviously use a lot of car type of analogies or things like that. But but ways to just explain what exactly is happening between the brain, the fascia, or the, or the mind and the body, mm-hmm. um, and and. The, the body was designed to walk as its basic fundamental ability. Right? Crawl, walk,
1: crawl, stand, walk. Stand, stand, crawl,
2: walk. And, and within those three things, your brain is constantly trying to protect you from falling over and hitting your head. Okay. Right. Um, That's why that, we have so many proprioceptors in our feet. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. And that being said uh, contralateral movement, meaning two opposing actions. So if you think about walking, when your right leg goes forward, your left shoulder comes forward. Yep. Right. That action itself is the hardest thing for the brain to actually spit out as an action. Hmm. Right. And so uh, an it's example. Har-
1: What do you mean? The hardest thing. The
2: hardest thing for the neurologically challenged. Uh, when I got u- n- so. on
1: a unicycle, that seems much harder. So, t-
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> but well. You're no longer walking.
0: You're and you're trying to stabilize your your body's doing that action twice. Right. To stabilize So he's talking about contralateral One side moves The other side Does the opposite well, movement That's
1: what's uh, happening On the unicycle
0: Well yes But you're also At the same time Certain muscles are Stabilizing your core So you don't laterally Tilt and wobble over so, oh, oh, oh I and, do and also, Well okay. you've never seen Me <laughs> unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably do
1: that More than I am Actually up on the bike
2: Right yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough <laughs> Well so w- what ends up happening here is, and the example that I use is typically as kids, um, at one point or another, you've been challenged to pat your head and rub your belly at the same time. Yep. Right. And for whatever reason, as kids, we always failed miserably at it. Yep. Well, here's why. And it's the brain's ability to, to actually do those two separate actions at the same time the closer you are to alignment the easier it is for the brain to perceive that as a top priority
1: because there isn't the rest of that white noise mm-hmm. and getting back into that it's the but further- why would why would a kid not be good at that is it is it because the, they're a kid No, or... i mean cuz i'm better at it now <laughs> i can do it now pretty yeah. much right. i think
2: well so and you also as as we as we, there you go there, there you, you go, go. Oh, he's oh, he's, oh, he's demonstrating it oh he's and he's he's yep oh look that's beautiful so better Please. Yeah, yeah. switch your hands. You now always go to the most comfortable side. <laughs> so no, wait, no. hold on. You said you were amazing at this. Uh, there we go. There we go. What are you doing now? <laughs> now he's, my now my he's rubbing the head I'm and patting head. the tummy. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Can
0: you do it with the other hand, though? Jesus. No, go back to there. There okay. you go. Yeah.
2: So... so Look ah, at this. I'm really thinking. An interesting... Eight-year-old
0: Andy couldn't do this. Yeah, no, I don't think But so. he, grew, he grew up and... Well, and it's also
2: kind of like a multitasking type of thing as well, right? And it's just as the brain continues to develop throughout life, adolescence, stuff like that, <clears throat> the motor control ability and, and your ability to push out actions or performance becomes better. It's, it's the same thing as an athlete kind of fine tuning his jump shot, uh, you know, his slap shot, whatever it might be, his backhand. Um, but because it's the hardest thing for the brain to actually use as an action, right and and it's the basic fundamental that the body was designed to do mm-hmm. any millimeter even a millimeter out of alignment is 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 information being sent to the brain and mm-hmm. usually right because it's trying to protect yourself from falling over and hitting the head it becomes excessive information which ends up becoming white noise and ah. so kind of going back into what the athletes are dealing with So here. then what
1: well what happens to those what? motor neurons if the brain is overwhelmed and you know can't Give it the attention it needs. I mean, do they just? They it have to make their own decisions. Well, to, I
0: mean, you just start dealing with it eventually. Your body and you just become no accustomed to that, right? Yeah. And now you operate your daily life At that higher level of baseline stress. Yeah. And you don't even realize because you don't know what what feeling good is anymore because it's not
1: even necessarily painful. It's just a little adaptation and out it, of normal, exactly. Right. And
0: then it just kind of fills your cup up. And we've seen just random uh, pains that come up with people is when you start adding those compensations more and more and they keep raising up your stress level. So
1: pain hits when the stress or whatever that thing that's That's been causing is high enough that it registers. Mm -hmm. It's got to register above a certain threshold before pain happens. Yes, correct. So God knows, like I've got this pain in my hip that you guys have been working on that God knows how long I've had a... Something off Mm -hmm. That hasn't registered as pain Well and that's Right I mean it could be 25 years Right exactly And that kind of
2: taps into The kind of chronic And acute injuries And typically what happens is So the brain can perceive Your top three pains at once The fourth type of information That you try to feed it Again becomes part of that white noise Right. And and there are different parts of your body that go under different types of stress. Right. So our hands, modern day we're texting, we're on the computer a lot of times, and our feet we're we're walking. Two completely different types of stress. The rest of the body deals with it as well. And what and what ends up happening is your different parts of your body can deal with certain thresholds of pain different than others, Mm -hmm. right? So the hips, the sacrum, kind of the core of the entire body was almost designed to carry a lot of stress, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of times, even when clients, athletes, anybody, they come in and, you know, they're presenting all of their misalignments and I'll ask them, you know, are you dealing with any low back pain at all? And they'll say, no, no, low back is fine. I'm actually good right now, right? Mm-hmm. There is tension and pain in the low back,
1: but they're currently feeling it in the upper back, more up in the neck. Well, it's funny because it's funny what I was going to say when you were, because I'm thinking back to the way it was when I first came in, mm-hmm. I didn't have any pain. I mean I, yeah. this presents when I do something that actually makes it mm. the, the my hip but um but as soon as you touch something like in these weird places that I didn't even realize realize I mean it's like I fly off the table yeah and which which to me is bizarre like I'm walking around life with no pain at all and then all of a sudden just a little bit of force in one spot and fa-vam mm-hmm.
0: it's insane mm-hmm. yeah. and that's where what we look at is when you're when your body's ready to receive it because you could be walking around right now and we I've, I've seen it with you and i've worked on you that you know something goes and you just go well how'd that happen i mean I, I never had an issue my whole life and all of a sudden it goes the body leaves these signs these are there i mean this gets into our chemistry which we haven't talked about much but you know autoimmune disease cancer these things don't just appear right your body has had these signs it's it's what levels you need to tune into what 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 goes off <laughs> Cutting in with a quick break
1: in the action. This is the time that I tell you about The Good Kitchen. They are a company that provides whole life challenge compliant meals, keto, ketogenic meals, paleo compliant meals, vegetarian meals. Uh, They're sustainably sourced, uh, incredibly high quality. They rotate throughout the year seasonally and monthly. They deliver it right to your doorstep via FedEx it's been one of the greatest additions to my life to give myself the, I, I will not even say luxury. I started off thinking it was a luxury, but it's really not a luxury. Giving myself lunches to eat every single day of the week. It is a game changer, a life changer for me. I, I really suggest you try it out. They're a sponsor of the, of the Antipatronic Podcast. podcast. Uh, they'll, they'll deliver. They'll get you signed up. Go to their website, use this link thegoodkitchen.com forward slash WLC, thegoodkitchen.com forward slash WLC, and you'll get 15% off your first order. There you have it. Let's get back to the podcast. Well, how do you tune, look, so how does an individual that's listening to this, Mm -hmm. uh, can you tune into this stuff without getting to the point where it's a Catastrophic failure, and well, maybe not catastrophic, but it's failure enough that you need to go in and see somebody. Like, Define you, tuning in, you might well, like, like, okay, so th- let's just take my hip.
0: Thing. Yeah,
1: how could I have known in advance mm-hmm. that this that something was coming
0: prior to it happening? Is it possible? Call Sarah, schedule an appointment. At the human garage. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it, well, it's that's the hardest thing. I mean, you it's the baseline stress. It's the white noise that's been appearing in your body. You have to... I mean, these are providers out there for healthcare that aren't looking at these factors, and that what we're trying to do is change that culture and be able to be pro, more proactive in the healthcare industry, right. even more so than it has been now.
1: I mean, if you're doing... If you're in the gym, and you yeah. do a squat or a lunge, and you've got a coach or a trainer that's telling you you're... You know, you're you're constantly rolling in into your instep, and your knees are knocking in, or you're mm-hmm. you know the way you squat, you've got one of those you know duck footed squats. Externally, he's
0: turning his foot out right now. Yeah, you know,
1: like super wide, ex- and you got an internal yeah. rotation yeah. of the of the yep. hips. and you see right. that all the time. That's all the such time. a common one. All the time. Um, you can, can you are you, <laughs> I get so many questions. It just flooded my brain. Um, Are you a can? Are you a prime candidate for? At some point, something probably will happen that will cause pain.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. right, right, right. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Name it. I mean, I mean, just start. (laughs) But you're not. Are you
1: born that way? I mean, are like is all are all infants able to squat? You You started to
0: mention this before. I mean, about the children uh, about being able to pat your head and rub your you know, and then you develop it over time. Or where do we lose that? Where does that happen? It's I mean, we're we're seeing it more and more now. Look at technology. Alex touched on the thumb and the fingers and the brain being able to. Basically, your fingers and your hand, uh, your hand, your thumb occupy a hell of a lot of space in your brain, mm-hmm. more so than any other part, percentage-wise, of your body. Texting technology has caused because the dexterity that's the dexterity is diminished
2: exactly. exactly. Well,
0: it's changed. But you also aren't utilizing your hands the way they were designed as a human being should be using his hands. Think of And a combination of that work, yeah. w-
2: with, with walking, too. So a lot of the shoes that people are wearing are women in high heels, stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're yeah, not right. properly striking the ground. Going back to where you said a lot of proprioception and a lot of receptors on the feet, hands as well. So we think oftentimes that a lot of the neurofatigue that we're seeing just in society in general is from these 9 to 5 staring at computer screens. I will say that that has a bit to do with it, but it's also the improper use
0: of how we're using our hands and our feet all day, hmm. causing and Now you see that that alone is causing that more that that white noise to turn up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Before you've ever gone out, you know you could be the guy that foam rolls, you could be the girl that runs all the time, does everything, and they they still but like they go aim. back, but
1: they go back to their high heels and they go back,
0: back to, to the their. Definitely,
1: and then so what, the good <laughs> what good does it do? What good does it do? What good does a ten minutes of foam rolling do if you go back to uh well, eight hours in high heels? I mean, (laughs) maintenance, I mean, maintenance is
2: is one thing for sure, you know, because it's the same thing as, again, going to a car analogy, right, is, is, well, what good is it me flooring it everywhere I go? And and acting like speed racer down La Brea, if it's going to keep throwing off my wheel alignment because I hit five potholes, but then I just take it right back to right. So you, if you it, take it to, exact, back to the garage, that's an actual exactly. example <laughs> of how Alex drives. By the way,
1: it's gotten a little better. I've, I've been able to dodge the first three. But if you front. if you actually take care of the car, right. In between, knowing that you're going to treat it the way you treat it, right, and you actually take care of it by taking it to the garage, getting the alignment checked, yes. right. looking at the looking at the tires, making sure you don't need, you know, then I can I can see where I can see your point, and that, it's and it's that a phone level rolling
2: can right. actually mm-hmm. well because now help and, that, and also what the client is doing in that action is and a level of awareness is raised too, right. right, right. So because they're also aware of exactly what they're doing and exactly what they're trying to maintain it creates a better connection between mind and body as well. Right. Oftentimes people are just like, I just, I don't know, I'm just rolling out these places because whatever. And then right. I'm just going to go get ready and go mm-hmm. about my day. Mm-hmm. But that the connection be- piece between all of what they're doing between a morning routine for maintenance, whatever it might be, and then going throughout their day, if they were more mindful about each and every action the way that it plays into each other and what I need, I know I need to do after going through a day like this changes the way that the body will respond as well, too Because right. what we we also have to step back and, and remember that the main job of the brain Is really to evaluate your internal and your external environment mm-hmm. and adapt you to both constantly So sometimes like for you when you were mentioning, you know, I, I didn't have any pain I wasn't really perceiving any pain in the body. Mm-hmm. Well, your brain was on to the next thing your brain is constantly adapting everything, and if it's constantly held up by pain, it can't adapt to the next thing, and so it gets to a point where that pain does no longer bother any of that sensory receptors. It, it like learns the brain. how to just and it, it just ignores yeah, that beautifully. You're and thinking about the next phone call or the next yep. meeting you have to take, or you're hungry, right? Because that's again a, another cycle that your body goes through, th- stuff like that. So now all of a sudden things are moving up the chain in the hierarchy per se, right? Not yep. that the pain isn't still present. It's just not most important for your brain until somebody grabs an elbow or or a thumb and and then jabs them right into it. It's
1: amazing because uh, um, you know I'm sure you guys have seen that video where they do the you're supposed to count the number of basketball tosses Mm. and there's a gorilla that walks through the, the screen. Like it it just amazes me how much goes on in in the world and maybe even in our own bodies is what I'm hearing you guys saying that we aren't aware of. we we can't be that's
0: every single person we walk into it's how it's what level that awareness has gone away from and and i've had this internal debate on myself is well technology has boosted in the last 15 years so many i mean cell phones with the screens everyone i mean this is different so as we start to treat kids college 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 age people and under the age of 30 millennials do they know what original alignment feels like i mean they've been inundated their whole life and now it's Mm -hmm. almost trying to change that and and almost because if you don't have a reference point of where you started or what balance is then we need to find a way to establish that for your body that process takes a little bit longer so it's it's dealing with the baby boomer generation or generation y you know they're they did they grew up ride the bicycles outside all the time it was a different time um they know what their body feels like i find a lot of success with them even though they're a lot older, from understanding what original baseline, what feeling good is supposed to be, uh, it's younger people that are, you know, they're they they. We see fourteen year olds coming into us. I mean, they're very their their alignment is out of whack completely. Is
1: that is that because they don't play? They're not outside. A combination they're of not- that, you
0: know, all combination of play and just lifestyle. I mean, look at where you know. It just—it's different, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
2: right. It's—it's a different time. It's the—you know, like you know, you—you went to school, you had recess. You know those kinds of things. There was always some sort of competition going on. No one had a cell phone. That right, right, right. So you're. It's what are you? What are even the smallest actions that you're doing throughout the day? Back in the day, waiting at the bus stop or climbing the pole, climbing whatever, playing some hopscotch, something. Well, if you look at the
1: way, if you look at the way playgrounds used to be uh, built, I just saw. I read this article. I think it was on the art of manliness. Mm -hmm. The um, they had the history of the playground and mm. like the playgrounds came around in the 1850s and they were originally designed in Germany and i mean there were slides that that were like three stories high yeah. off the ground there was no safety gear on the ground a, yeah, yeah. there no, were no, no, no. i mean there were poles and ropes to climb and la- literally vertical ladders to get up on top of the like monkey bars if you fell off these monkey bars you were going to break your ankle yeah. there's no question it
0: would be germany that <laughs> bet that <laughs> jesus <laughs> here we go
1: here no, we go. No, Leave <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it to I, the New York. Are you German? To, what? Are you German? Uh, I a little bit. Irish-Italian. Yeah. I, I, the yeah. Loud, you can hear me screaming. I have to pull the mic away. That's the Italian-Irish conflict. Got it. That's right. my childhood. There it is. Blasting through this mic right now. And <laughs> New Yorker. And New Yorker. That, 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 on that, top of it. Yeah, that doesn't help things. <laughs> no, not for peaceful conversations. Um, Yeah, so like
1: the the elimination of I was I was just talking to my wife about this it 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 seems like we've we've made all these advances in the safety in the ability to keep our kids safe are they really advances you know, it's like it's a really interesting question. Uh, Nobody's going to get killed on a playground. Exactly. Like uh, they could have died on yeah. some of
0: those if you fell on your head or paralyzed or whatever. Well, look where we are. Look at what state we're in right now. I mean, it's there's a lawsuit for everything. So right. you value. Right. I mean, that's where corporations will value. You know, you It's always higher in, You know, who's installing these playgrounds right now? Who's responsible but for the squishy children.
1: squishy mats? Are not helping proprioception feedback. It's, it's horrible it's, for it's, proprioception. No. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's no feedback when you get squish. I mean, when you—that's one of the first things I teach when I teach barefoot running. Like, you need a hard surface from from, your—you need a ground reactive force. Exactly. Right.
0: Because it'll translate from you know the the Pacinian receptors in your foot all the way through, going up in the hip and the ankle. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, your body—your body is pre-activating before it ever takes a step based on feedback from the foot.
2: Right. So one of the, one of the, something interesting that kind of popped into my mind was you know take away the safety mechanism of these playgrounds and Back in the day, I mean, parents, I mean, they used to go to the school on the weekends, even, or anywhere to a park and just and play on the playground, go yep. to the park, right? Yep. And so in those moments, obviously, now you have an adult's perspective watching their kid or the babysitter, whoever it is, watching the kid as they're playing on the playground and giving them cues of like, hey, <laughs> that's probably not a good idea. but. Mm-hmm you know try it this way mm-hmm. and now they're still enjoying the playground no safety mechanisms. well you're
1: talking and, about you're just talking about responsible parents and well, responsible yeah. <laughs> well i
2: mean <laughs> e- even not re- okay parent that turns around parent a turns around and kid still breaks the leg yeah right still I mean, getting it happens some of the, yeah exactly sure. still learning from that i mean yeah. we're all still here and alive yeah right you, you know and there's still many, no many no helmets yeah right no seatbelts no
1: i mean i mean i had major i like to look back and go Oh my God, how am I still alive? <laughs> yeah. How did I make it? You know, like without all the modern safety gear. Right. You know, right. no padding. Oh. I, mean, I just I just taught Dashiell how to skateboard yesterday. It's the yeah. first time ever. There you go. And, you know, we got wrist guards. We got elbow pads. We got knee pads. And he asked me, he's like, how did you do it when you were growing up? I'm like, well... You know
0: (laughs) There It was a wooden It was a wooden
1: skateboard It was trucks that were put on it With a From from a friend of mine Yes Yes. There were no There was no safety anything Yeah There was no adult supervision Yeah It would just go out And good luck to you You know And if you were If you had the Impetus to Like Throw yourself down a hill And not really worry about (laughs) crashing Then you probably learned how to do it Yeah
0: Yeah well, I think it looks—it's fear too. I mean, there's absolutely, a fear. yeah. You know, it's—it's it's where it is now. You mean you, yeah, just go out and go out and play, go out and run down the hill. No one's watching. Wait a minute, who's going to be there? What, what are you going to do? Don't do that. You'll get hurt. You right? Know, it's right. It goes into a lot. Watch out for the wrist guards, by the way, for your son. Really? Well, I mean, you know, you might hype, you sprain the wrist, but I look at look at where the wrist guard stops. Yeah, right. You know, right. then you're. Yeah. Right. I think mean, they obviously it's to prevent the growth plate from being injured, but. So you teach me to fall. So are you are
1: saying I need to put him in a full body cast before we go full out skateboarding? Bubble wrap. bubble wrap, bubble wrap, bubble wrap, yes. Tuck and roll. That's a great idea. Bubble wrap. Yeah. Just wrap him up. But that is. I mean, it's, don't t- don't a- don't suggest that to my wife because <laughs> oh, I, she'll, she'll actually, she'll actually we're doing that. She'll,
0: she'll be out of here in two seconds. Or go stop bubble wrapping him
1: on the way to school.
0: I'm like, packing <laughs> everything. What is this going on in here? Good
1: God! <laughs> <laughs> He'll never get hurt. So what if what if
2: what if in, if, if a parent. Instead of buying all of the the safety and protective gear, instead, you know, taught the kid how to fall, as an example. Yeah, you know, and it, and it doesn't even have to be you know in the street like here, sink or swim, you know. But I mean, you're in the basement or something like that. And you're going, you know, here, look, let's simulate this, and when you fall, here's what you should get in a habit of doing yeah. as a reaction. Well, martial would, arts it, are a great
0: one for that. It, it would
1: involve being okay with the consequences because yes. of course, because when you fall. You, you know Like if you didn't wear a helmet And you didn't wear any of the sa- Let's just pretend yeah. Like you didn't wear any of the safety gear You could teach somebody All the right ways to do it You could do it in the gym You could do it in martial arts Or in, or in gymnastics or whatever And still Crack your head on the pavement Because you didn't have time to react You know Sure So you've got You would have to, If in that scenario You'd have to be okay with that consequence mm-hmm. Right Like is that okay Is that right. acceptable Right well, you know, for most, I would say the, for the predominance of American American parents, that's not acceptable, right? Well, would, you know.
0: about reaction time. I mean, that's getting physically going into stress of what's going on. We look at how your body, how quickly. That's another thing. If you can't react in time, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Just a daily lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, we see in cranial torsions and, and misalignments physically with the with the skeletal structure. What's torsion? a
1: cranial torsion?
0: So you have your, your bone, your skull has multiple bones in it, and inside those little suture bones, they can move even though they, they call them as immovable joints, they move and you can feel that with pressure. They're not like joints like your fingers. Not like joints like right. your fingers. Not, no. not They're, quite as movable, but... They, 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 they expand. Well, so you take a deep breath, your skull expands and mm. contracts a little mm. bit. Mm. So that's the... It's to adapt to
2: the pressure. -hmm. And I was just going to say, it's the the ability to even feel that kind of pressure. You would hope that you could have a little bit of expansion, you know, like thinking about like an airplane flight or something like that,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we could see that, you know, if those alignments are off, you you talk, Alex talked about before, like a millimeter off. That's what we're talking about, little torsions. And that starts to, you know, bring the adrenal stress, but it also brings your body's reaction time down because it's constantly setting that signal for alignment. So you go to turn your head, you're, you know, say you're driving. And you turn your head and that turns into some of the torsion patterns you have in the skull and into the spinal cord. Your reaction time is slowed. So you see a car coming.
1: Your reaction time is slowed because your brain is having to handle things that it wouldn't necessarily, that are exactly. in the way. Yeah, They're exactly. it and it from, it it's, pro- it's, process- it's like your computer when it hangs up, when it's got that little spinning pinwheel. Yeah, exactly. Because it's got too many other things working and in the And that's exactly
2: it. Body, computer, brain, CPU. Constantly running the programs. Way too many programs. You're trying to command, force, quit, or
0: whatever, right? And let's an adult, keep it. Let's uh, your cell phone. Delete. Close your apps off your phone. Right. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. You know? I never really thought of it that way That's really interesting yeah. So treating an injury Could actually improve a lot of things That weren't, aren't even connected to the injury That's exactly. why yes that's,
0: Exactly, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. You have to And that's, you, you just need to see what You need to understand I gotta get my diagnostics Of my body running And we can plot out What's optimal What's not And, and, and demonstrate specific examples Because you can go to your doctor And they can show you a blood work panel And you have no idea what the hell that means. You know, you're just missing it. Like, what does this mean? And if you have to have the ability to relate specifically to how this person's life is every single day, why is this important to fix this factor? Hmm. What is the reason that this factor is off? And then you start to develop that trust. You start building that picture up of this person's life and you don't even know them. And we've been seeing that because we're looking at different factors. And we saw that, you know, when you came in for your assessment. Mm -hmm. We could look at your test and see how you respond to emotional stress. Mm -hmm. And then interviewing you, and we have our sessions are about 90 minutes to two hours. You get a lot of face time with this person. Mm -hmm. You start to be able to really piece together what's going on. And we see how many people a day. And, you know, you start seeing patterns, pattern recognition, pattern recognition. And you can start to deduce. This is what this person's doing in their life, and they develop trust that way with you. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. So, and it's a lot to relate it back to a lot of the athletes. It's seeing these patterns. When you come in and we have these consultations, we're because we're able to assess all of the patterns and the things that we've seen throughout with a lot of the different clients, we're going right to the problem. So, the next hour that we're spending in the conversation isn't different things of trying to figure out, okay, where are we trying to start this navigate? No, we have the starting point. Mm -hmm. Let's spend the next hour talking about everything else to navigate through this. So it's a lot of things that sometimes is a challenge for the client to really have the brain to start perceiving what's right, what's off, what Mm -hmm. actually might be true information, what might not be true information. Um, And for athletes, tapping back into the emotion, sometimes it isn't the injury that offsets the emotion, but the injury is presenting itself in that way as another test for the athlete because whatever emotion they feel as the first trigger, as soon as not being able to do something or not something that they want, right, whether it's losing the game, whatever it might be, How is that emotion now holding you back from being a better athlete? Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually was having a conversation with a friend. He's also a client. He's kind of a new friend of mine. Um, He uh, Practicing martial arts, uh, his teacher came up to him day one and said, anger is your biggest problem. It's going to hold you back from any performance. And he kind of stepped back. He goes, what? His teacher stepped back and smacked him across the face and the first session the first session yeah. and immediately right what's he doing he's breathing really hard he's got this anger resenting he's like anger is going to be the one thing that holds you back and he's like you know and, and he sees it again he sees it coming up and him steps back <laughs> smacks him again what and, yeah come and he on just has, you're and making has, this up i, I promise I, really, I mean this is a guy who that's, does that the guy go back does, to this guy
0: like, <laughs> oh yeah well, i will say a, you weed out the ones right away. That's how right you exactly, Jesus. that's how, you, that's High how level. you weed out you.
2: This is how exactly how you're weeding out the guys. But but to his point, it was it was saying even if you get injured and there's and that injury is now holding you back. That's your that's holding you back physically. What's holding you back emotionally? Is it the injury that's causing the emotion, or was the emotion already present mm-hmm. and the injury is now exasperating it?
0: So. They're inextricably linked at some point after a while once 100%. you start compounding and We see
2: it a lot in sports psychology relating back to you know, their actual recovery and stuff like that. Yep. And, and, and because of that, it's it's really good to be able to step back and make that assessment for a lot of the athletes hmm. so that they can not only recover from the injury, but maybe also get rid of a lingering emotion and that was their chance in order to do it and how's this ahead. guy doing
1: now is he great is he was he on board with that assessment he he was and what what even or not and how I mean, long has he been training right with, it is the in the um
2: i mean he's to my knowledge a lot of different styles of martial arts he's now into more muay thai uh-huh. um but i'd say i mean over five years and wow. more than that, over five years. Yeah. Wow. That's a hell of a there start. Five That's points Academy. It is right. It is. And I mean, I, an example I could give back in, back in uh, school, my first day sitting down in one of the uh, pre-med classes. I mean, this is a lecture of, I don't know, three, at least 300 people. Everybody sits down, professors all the way at the top, turns the mic on, <clears throat> sits down and his first words are at least 85% of the individuals in this class are going to kill somebody what and that's exactly it and everybody said everybody's looking at each other like what is he (laughs) talking about he goes do you want to be a doctor do you want to be a doctor do you want to be a doctor and his whole point was somewhere along the lines you're going to make a call or a decision and somebody's life is going to be on the line and you might make the wrong decision or the wrong call and now you it costs that person their life right your day still goes on there's still three or four more patients that you need to see throughout the rest of the day how are you going to be able to handle that Right, 150 people at least got up and walked out of the classroom immediately. <laughs> really? I, I promise, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was his way of going kind of similar to what, what we're doing in the consultation, right, is we're getting right to the problem and then having a conversation. Right. We're not trying to have right. a conversation to get to the problem or the root cause or whatever it might be, right?
0: You have to provoke what you see and trust. You talk about tuning in and a skill that we're trying to cultivate for our, our clients mm-hmm. and in our, ourselves and our own staff. Um, being able to provoke that issue. I mean, Alex, you know, talk about the the instructor of the martial arts class. He smacked him. Mm-hmm. How did he know he had an anger issue? He had never met the guy. I don't know. You're perceptive. You start to see. You recognize the signals that the body is giving, and you become good at receiving those signals. Right. So right. you can identify who's got the issue before, and that's somebody. I mean, that that instructor right there. You know, he's somebody who is, the white noise is down in his body. He's right. got the balance, right. so right. he can receive new signals and new patterns. And this is what w- typical Western medicine has gone away from. And this is the beauty of an Eastern side, and it's what we've tried to pull in a little bit, is is that optimization of the self. And it's not a chemical intrusion all the time. It is unwinding your own pattern. Right, right, right. right. And it's,
2: and it's not, not even to call out the... the separation of the Obvious, two medicines yes, yes. but but he but he's right the extremes western, on either side western medicine yeah. is we we know it as more masking mm-hmm. right no 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 don't worry about that just take go home and get some rest take yeah. a pill you're yeah. fine yeah. mask it continue to mask it which is kind of similar to where you kind of found yourself in i don't yeah. have any pain yeah well there is pain present societally major Western medicine we're just taught to ignore or mask it. Or wait in, till
0: it becomes a problem to stop you. Exactly. We'll give that's you been something. kind to professional. mentality, right? Yeah. And yeah. Not yeah. even
2: to say that that's the type of medicine that you lean on more so or not, but it still affects our mentality. We see it in marketing all over the place. I mean, every other commercial is a drug commercial. Yeah, right. There's all of these different types of things that are pushed into us that cause us to Sort of settle into this type of mentality whereas more of the eastern approach is going no no no, we're going to sit right here and we're going to deal with it and right. you're going to deal right. with it right and the reason for that is kind of taping back to the tuning in and not to say that when clients come in by the way that we're you know going to challenge them and squeeze them to the point that makes them uncomfortable in yeah. any sort of weed out whatsoever it's 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 up to them the whole time and we're creating a very very comfortable and open space for them for them to share as much as they'd like to and or not right but for for more of the Eastern approach to it, when when we're tuning into the body, essentially what's happening is, yes, we're getting more towards alignment, so more of that white noise is pretty dissipated. But then we're also trusting it when it comes in, whatever yeah. it is that we're receiving, right? So the teacher right. walking up to the student going, I can feel anger from this person. I know that this person has an anger problem. It isn't an ego thing saying like, oh, I know more than anybody else. It's I've I've tapped into coming in yes. tune with my body. and. We share frequencies as humans, and so I'm just picking up on something. Kind of the similar when you're, you're, you're in a group of, of, with a group of friends in a room, and you guys are all turned around, and, and let's say your, your wife walks in the room, and, and you know she's, she's upset. Mm-hmm. Haven't said a word to each other, but immediately you turn around, and you, you feel know, that energy. You know, yeah. you know she's angered, yep. right? So the more that we tap into that ability or that skill, and then learn how to trust it, all the information and knowledge exists inside the body, and that's right. why for most mm-hmm. of our clients, we're just facilitators. They have it in them. We're just helping to bring, bring it up. out, All right?
0: That's a huge. It's and really, it's like, really
1: interesting because I've been, you know, I mean, it probably to my, I don't know if it's to my benefit or to my detriment at this point. Um, I've been able to shut things off, you know, like shut off receptors without drugs, without masks, external masks. Yeah, I mean, I had to. I was a marine. I, you know, I've done a lot of adventure stuff, um, and now I'm still able to do it you know I'm still able to go to the gym I have I've had this hip issue now for about 5 years and I'm still able to it doesn't stop me from doing anything it doesn't hold me back but I can tell it's not getting any better and it's getting slightly worse you know really 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 slowly and uh um I'm I'm constantly tempted to Continue to do what I've always done, which is just ignore it and just go in and do my squats and do my you know deadlifts and do you know do the training like I always because I can, Habits. I still can and,
0: and, and yeah and and
1: I'm and I'm starting to make some decisions now. It's funny because it came up uh, last week. The 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 CrossFit Games Open is happening right now, mm-hmm. and the, they just the workout last week was this one called Diane, which was using 225 pound deadlift. You do a, 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 tw- a 21 deadlifts with 225. And then twenty one handstand push-ups and then fifteen deadlifts and then fifteen handstand pushups and then nine. It's always been a really fun workout for me, a really good workout for me. Um but I and then and then the workout continued after that doing it again, but this time with three fifteen, mm. back to twenty one. And then instead of the handstand push ups, it's a fifty foot handstand walk, and then fifteen and then the handstand walk. And I, I just thought I can do that I, I could I could I could at least do the first part yeah yeah um, but the disruption in my life that will happen as a result of doing that uh, it's it just not worth it it's not even worth it to scale the weight you and to do it fast. It right not even,
0: you listen to your body. I was going to say, how did, how how did, did you, you make, make all those decision? decisions? Yeah.
1: I, I just it, Something sweat in my head because I was about to go into the gym I, on Friday. Typically, I get together with a noon class and I go in and do the workout. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go and do this. And even if I scale it, maybe I won't do 225. Maybe I'll do 185. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing push pushups and deadlifts today? Like what is, is do I need those today? I, mean, I I think everyone needs them in some capacity because you right. got to be able to lift things off the ground and I think overhead pressing ability is a really good ability. Are, yeah. But do I need that today? today? Is that really the best thing for me today? And uh, something something I don't know. It's a it was a very strange thing. Like I was like no. It wasn't even no. It was fuck no. Yeah, And why well, would I feeling? do you that? Felt that in yeah, yeah, your yeah, body. Explain, oh, explain absolutely. The, yeah,
2: yeah. Explain that. Like tap into that. Because
1: it's it was really weird. Like I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was the thought I had. I'm done with this. Like and I don't was a need major,
0: that. That was a major moment for you. Yeah. So what about you yeah. can turn that that pathos of of that thought process and that feeling into small mo- things that you do every single day. We do it in treatment. Every step. Do I need to release this muscle? Do I need to work on this muscle today? You, today, right now. Right now. Do I need what, to do this? No, next? that's when you
1: guys are talking to yourself, right? I mean, you guys are <laughs> exactly. You are very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: What, when you're on the table, we haven't really said much, and and, now, and when we and are they start saying, mumbling, they, they all start ourselves. mumbling. People like, it's <laughs> like, Wait, what, what, what? Are they what, homeless? What? Are
1: they like, what is happening here? Are they drunk, homeless, or there's something? There's really something wrong and they start mu- it's like a it's different. Very- it, yeah, so what are yeah. you doing when you're mumble when you're doing this mumbling
0: well it's different people's techniques of tuning in we're having we're having a conversation
2: that you had with yourself yeah. when you're at the gym we're doing the same thing sometimes you'll hear us mumble a bit more because at the same day that our whole day is running you have thoughts running there's a lot of things happening around you mm-hmm. i almost have to cause a little bit of vibration through my vocal cords just so that i can hear it a little bit better as i'm having this conversation because my thought alone is is just getting drowned out by everything around so you
1: though. touch just take me through the process you okay. touch somebody's mm-hmm. hamstring mm-hmm. and what do you say what do you
0: it takes it's not just like a magic we we see we have a, an intention that we set of what we're trying to do okay i need to release this hamstring but wait a minute all right, all right the person's coming with back tension i know i need to relieve that all right set the intention, ask the question specifically, do I need to release this right now based on my intention of what I'm trying to get done?
2: And and by that, what we're always trying to get done or what we're trying to start to get done right. is by helping to restore just gait, just your basic ability to walk, walk in right. full capacity. Right. So while somebody's on the table and that hamstring needs to be released on the table, how is that going to translate and then or affect them when they get back up Stand against those two forces as gravity and atmospheric pressure and start to walk. And that's where more of the integration will happen. So, yeah, you release the muscle, but how does that matter when you
0: move? Because mm-hmm.
2: feeling good on the table is one thing. Feeling yeah, right. good while you get up to walk is a completely thing. Yeah, there's
1: a lot right. of standing up and walking and then exactly. reevaluating. Well, the,
0: yeah, yeah, the neurological inputs that your body's going through when you're laying down completely calm, and then you go to stand up, just holding your own posture is, that's running a... a thousands of millions of programs a second and you a might millisecond. a you
2: might right. have even noticed with, with you when we were on the table we did some of the releases or other
1: things while you were standing even, yeah yeah because it switches i've never had therapy done on me standing standing like right yeah very yeah. strange and 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 that also no one's doing that, that really. yeah i mean
2: that also baffles us just as much as people not taking into consideration gravity and atmospheric pressure <laughs> if we're always adapting to our environment that is our In environment right. so right. so when right. when looking at rehab I I don't really care what your body does while you're on the table because you're not going to float out of the garage and float about your day. You're going to get up and walk and move and and do the things that you're going to do. So putting the added stress of those two adaptations while we're doing a release and then putting you through the exact motion that we're intending on getting you back to Mm -hmm. helps the body start to figure it out that much
0: quicker. And, And you said something, you said putting the added stress and people suddenly always assume stress bad. No, there's a certain amount of stress that your body needs to respond to things. So don't yeah, think right. that, you know, standing is a stress right. is a stressor in the body causing stress. The body responds appropriately. We mm-hmm. need a balance of that. It's when the stress l- rises up too high at a baseline level is when we get into trouble. Exactly. So when he says, you know, your body under stress, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Right. You, to- right.
1: you
2: know, movement is good, and everybody knows that movement is good, but movement can't be achieved without resistance
0: or friction.
1: Well, it's, it's like what happened to the guy that spent a year in space, I mean, yes, you,
0: the astronaut I mean, with his he twin. He
1: came back. Right? I don't know, what is his name?
0: Uh, I just. It was I thought you said it. I thought no, the astronaut it. with his twin, his, his oh, DNA is different. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Things yeah I changed the name.
1: significantly yes, for yeah. him because yes. he was not under gravity or pressure, right? Exactly. Right.
0: Accidentally, one of the biggest studies and discoveries we've had in a long time is going to be born out of that right there. That yep. changes the model of the way medicine and science are looking at things right there genetics epigenetics the way the way the body can adapt that is huge so it, a lot of a lot of stuck people are going to they're going to start to open their minds and it's going to start changing medicine there's a paradigm shift happening right now and that is one of them right there i mean that 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 flips a lot of models that we deal with every day in in medicine on its head right there you mean what occurred
1: because what what that? occurred
0: and then what's going to occur when he comes back He's back. Yeah, I mean he's you know, as he's back and as he and he like, continues to trying pass. to get back to his yeah. normal life. Does yeah. it change again? Does it does it, does it this is is the establishment here is what what now he gets back to earth he lives he we we compare his brother and they they compare what's different. Yep. That that's just, this is just a working model that I happened. thought
1: on the space station they had a fake gravity. They had from centrifugal force. I thought that they that I mean I don't like, really know Like like in about
0: it. um what movie, where they, All those giant, movies where yeah, they where where the it's movie, spinning it started, and it's spinning fast Space-y. enough. That it,
1: yeah, the spinning yeah. fast enough that they actually can walk normally. Maybe they don't do that. I don't know. Well, don't they know have
0: the the treadmills that they use now to yeah. keep them. I mean, you have to. I mean, they, they're, that's how they're able to keep people in space longer. Yeah, it's the physical stress that breaks them down.
2: It's funny because it's kind of like their version of biohacking. Yeah, in a way, and 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 yeah, right. <laughs> right. It is, and so it's depths of the ocean and parts unknown of space. The further that we want to get to know more we should look back into the human body before looking at the external environment and what changes we can make to that and get better to understanding the body and ourselves and things like that as well so that when somebody does come back from space we understand how to properly rehab them to send them back on another mission so that doesn't actually cause so much severity that they can't by the time they go and they come back it's it's well, you know, a laboratory it for the body Because I, want,
1: I wanted to talk about pressure and gravity Because yeah. I know that's one of the foundations of Kind of what you guys are the Treatment philosophy, yeah, yeah. absolutely And, uh, you know, like the five floating bones in the body And, like It's a very foreign concept Although it's very interesting That it, those are the two forces That are on us from They're, they're kind of the white noise, right? Yeah. They're, they're, from the moment we're born Gravity affects us and pressure
0: affects us And treatment models are based off of cadavers. I always see that as everything, you know, when you teach, everything is this model based off, bicep does this, they do that, under pressure it might do this, but they're not really looking at it when it, how does it flex when you're standing? How does this, how do you treat this person when you're standing and flexed, standing against pressure, gravitational forces? No one's looking at that. If I squeeze your bicep right now and you go to flex, it becomes diminished. You can't really curl that bicep anymore yeah yep. that's an exaggeration of what pressure does now when you treat that but, body, but if i'm
1: always under pressure
0: what's causing the pressure though is it the fascial system around you that's tightening up is it because of dehydration causing external oh, you mean pressure cha- on,
1: pressures change based on yes what's going on inside your body definitely yes. And, yes and external as
2: in like elevation parts of you know like denver things yeah right like right 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 yeah right, right. Yep,
1: yep.
0: right which there's so many different factors of what can cause the body to have pressure dysregulation. We look at, um, we talked about, we keep going back to adrenal stress. We look at the diaphragm regulating interabdominal pressure. Uh-huh. If you don't breathe properly, your body's organs around their fascial bags and, and connections uh, register dysreg- dysregulated pressure in there. So they become stressed. They become squeezed. They become tight. When things are tight and squeezed, they don't perform optimally. Hmm. So with that, you change the organ function and that's all started a lot of it is started from lack of breathing you know diaphragm doesn't move the rib cage doesn't expand causes a hell of a lot of stress and causes a lot of compensations around the body and that goes both chemistry wise by your bioterrain, and both physically in terms of your mechanics
1: pardon the quick interruption but i need to tell you that the Andy Patronic podcast lives and breathes based on word of mouth and your reviews in itunes so if you love the episode please do me a favor Send a link to your friends. Think of somebody that you know would love this podcast and just send them a link. Um, If you also feel uh, incredibly motivated, I'd love you to go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, You can do it in Apple Podcasts app by going to Ratings and Reviews. Or if you use this link, bit.ly, that's bit.ly, forward slash Andy Patronic Podcast. That will take you... Right to iTunes on your computer and desktop where you can not only give it a star rating but you can write a review uh, really appreciate it and um, great let's get back to the show H- how does p- pressure and gravity play a role like how would you explain this if you're talking to your mom or something and that she asked well so what do you guys do like what's this human garage and pressure and gravity and explain this to me in a way I can understand like what how do you how do you do it I mean
2: <laughs> the way I've explained it to my mom, but <laughs> well, you've done this. I have, I have done this for sure, uh, without inviting her in to yeah, see it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, when talking to about the organs, and and when I mean when I'm talking about organs, ones that we share as humans, not based off of our sex or our gender, right? So ten organs that we share, um, and we, we we sort of say that you're the conductor of those organs, and those organs, it's an orchestra. Okay, And so kind of what Brian is talking about is with the diaphragm correctly moving in the way that it's supposed to in the right directions, it's creating a rhythm, right? And and that pressure also will help to create a rhythm. So three of those 10 organs between the heart, the bladder, um, and the stomach function kind of similar to muscles. And so they have the ability to kind of pump or expand and contract. But the rest of the seven organs are fired and triggered by that rhythm created through interabdominal breathing, diaphragmatic breathing that helps to push that pressure more regulated, creating more of a harmony, Mm -hmm. right? And so oftentimes throughout the days, even in an orchestra, uh, you know, your trumpet player, your your bassist, everybody will get a chance maybe for a a solo, the violinist, right? Mm -hmm. Liver has a solo, pancreas will have a solo, gallbladder, adrenals. When it's time for that solo, if they've been in harmony with the rest of the orchestra, the solo should sound on tune, Mm -hmm. right, in key. And if not, if the entire orchestra the whole time had been pretty dysregulated, you know, everybody's sees they're freaking out. They're like, this isn't on tune. Why is everybody playing? There's millions of people here watching us. We're not performing the best. I'm going to have to somehow make up for this when it's my turn. And so I'm going to just try way too hard and it's going to sound so off
0: key. Right. right? right. And it's circadian just, rhythm of the, the organs is what he's exactly. referring to. Huh. Right. Um, and that's that. This is where Western has joined on with Eastern, and they're they're discovering it. They can measure this. What do you mean circadian rhythm of the organs? So certain times of the day that peak op, that peak function happens in each organ. Uh, they have oh. the twenty four hour clock. Eastern the- traditional Chinese medicine is Eastern theory, uh, and now Western uh, medicine is getting on board with uh, measuring these functions we understand
2: circadian rhythm like in in western society is just sleep wake yeah right right right. so like the aura ring and stuff like that tracking those kinds of things but each organ in your body will also have its own circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. right and this
1: is where but your whole body functions in one circadian rhythm but then each organ has its own in addition to that
0: yes and I believe that rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper and deeper and that's the discoveries that we're trying to make every single day that's Hmm. why what we do here is more of a laboratory as as it is you know Changing and pushing medicine and science and helping people, but we're also discovering every single day, just from the amount of people that are coming in, yeah. the questions we ask, and this is something that we're getting into a lot right now with our treatment. So, yeah, and we're noticing massive changes uh, when we start. We start valuing these. These these functions, you have to interview the person and they have to talk about their life. If they're not going to be open about their life, then mm. we're not going to get these valuable pieces of information. Yep. But then why are you really here? Then you're quite, right. you're not really ready. Um, but, you know, so then we, we can get into that. And uh, then we tie it up to our uh, testing that we do with uh, urine and saliva. And we can link up and see parallels right there. And that's really, that starts to change how we're going to treat this person. We can identify through urine and saliva how well this person will have a release, what they need, where they need to be touched on the body in order to truly get out of an, an adrenal stress environment. Why
1: or, urine and saliva and
0: not uh, blood tests? You don't have to go so micro at, right away. The okay. whole industry, everyone wants to go more micro, yep. micro, micro. Yep. Let's find the answer deeper and deeper. And what we've been doing is we've been stepping back and we see that what you're looking at, but we're going more macro and we see the whole picture. And while the whole industry is diving deeper, we're just stepping right back and letting it and seeing, and and it's almost like looking at a Mona Lisa through a magnifying glass. I always try to equate that, huh. right. you know. Right. And
1: uh, you want to look at the Mona Lisa, yeah? Not, just, not. I mean, the, you not just her eyes. eyes.
0: Yeah, sense. you know. I mean, some people, yeah. you know, you will, uh, you you can look and view. Wow, how did this artist touched the paintbrush. That's nice. Yeah, right. but you're not going to judge the painting on that. You're going right. to step back. Right. So,
1: because I remember one of the things that I don't know somebody said when I was going through the program is really your pH is really the master piece in your your blood it's the first piece
0: it's the first piece the way the body wants to make that change
1: it's your urine ph and your saliva ph then they need to be in balance right they need to be connected, right so
2: the way that we'll explain ph um is to think of it as environment right and if the environment is stable then the organs in the body between the urine and the saliva have an actually have a fighting chance or an ability to get back into harmony Mm -hmm. so the, what, how we'll explain it is when you're thinking about the urine pH and that environment will be anywhere from about like the belly button or the navel up. Okay. And the, the did I say urine or saliva? You saliva, said saliva, the, the, the saliva, pH, saliva
1: stomach. Page. Oh, is up. The saliva is up. Saliva up. Okay.
2: Urine is going to be from the navel point down. Right? Okay. And so thinking about if the, urine pH is is solid, but the saliva pH is off, you're, you're still at an imbalance here, mm-hmm. right? Because everything navel up is still going to be off. If it's acidic, we'll mention that it might be hot, sort of fiery, like a really rapid moving environment. Um, and anything that might be considered alkaline is going to be more cold,
0: slower moving, slower processes, mm. right? out of the balance so people always say well i need a more alkaline diet isn't that good all the time we say okay you're really alkaline and here and here people instantly go isn't that good right well you want that 80 20 balance of an alkaline diet to an acidic diet but when it comes to your saliva you want that perfect balance of a 6465 and then for urine 6465 that's
1: and how ha- what affects that
0: what i mean i'm I'm sure that's probably too big of a question we've gone test we have tests proving without any sort of chemical intrusion to change the ph is what we normally do Uh is we know first thing we start is body's not really going to sustain a change energetically unless the ph is adjusted yeah but we've also noticed ph changes just from body work alone so that means yes we have measured we've measured that before and that's i mean that's what we're going to be pushing so that's so, so you so do a ph analysis and then you do immediately work? after 10 minutes after do another test and it's the ph is moved by significant enough that we're going uh, we i mean we're going we're experimenting with what treatment i mean this is this is not our you know this is typical our, uh, unwinding you know a quad or something but we're yep. looking at it energetically going for the organs doing our organ unwinds and and with the intention of changing the ph so our intention we tune in how are we going to move this ph marker So that shows that the organs working in an orchestra, uh, when they're out of alignment, are going to throw pH off. We know that to be true. We see that all the time in the test. Someone that comes in really dysregulated, we know their pH is going to be dysregulated. Mm. So find and tune into what organs need to be aligned. We use our energy. I mean, our body puts out the electricity, and we provide that into the certain area. And with our intention, we get that person to tune in also. Mm -hmm. Do you feel this? Now you, with my intention, my pressing, they'll start to feel that sensation and some of that organ unwinding happens right there. Wow. And measuring that at that time and immediately after, we've seen a move. Now it's not drastic, Mm -hmm. but we've seen that we can actually change the body and any of those functions Hmm. through.
2: And I mean, for us, the fact that it's even moving is is drastic. Yeah, right. So people look at that test and go,
0: "What? what do you mean? I go, that we just proved something that medicine and science have been years apart on Mm-hmm. And you know some of the medicine that provided, some of the you know, the the body work that's out there, the treatment that's out there, claims that they can do it. Mm-hmm. They don't have the science to back it up. We have the science to back it up. Right, right. So, wow.
1: Now, um, Alex, you came this from the background of being a seasoned athlete, and mm-hmm. you got injured. Do you want yeah. to tell a little bit about your journey and getting to where you are in the Human Garage, and kind of how this? Why, yeah. you're, why, you're, why you're here where you are? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, So
2: um, I was a professional soccer player, um, sports injury, uh, 50-50 or what they call it. Um, so when you're going up for a header against a defender at the same time, you're both aerial, so you're both in midair. Um, defender's knee went into my back, located right about the right side of my L4 disc. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good contact. Um, initially in the air, and originally had felt something while we were in the air, and then as I came down, I also collapsed over his knee again on the same exact oh, point. God. Yeah, kind of like a backwards sort yeah, of. Yeah, right. right.
0: Um, An aggressive adjustment gone th- wrong.
1: Very aggressive adjustment. <laughs> like his foot was <laughs> on the ground, his knee was knee here, was planted. and he fell Boom. down onto his Boom. thigh Boom. Knee. twice over, twice <laughs> over. So kind of like a car wreck
0: yeah makes yeah. you appreciate professional like w w e wrestlers yes what they go yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah, sock yeah.
1: this is supposed That's to be not, you know so is well, not supposed to be as not too bad it's not like unless football. we're over
2: in England right yeah, <laughs> yeah right yeah right bark but, yeah 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 but and <laughs> the funny part of it was it was actually a pickup game, I wasn't even in training, oh, which God. is usually how that goes, and right. then I for right. the longest time was like, should I have been playing in that pickup game, was I being too yeah, much right. of that athlete that just wanted to play um you know, but but all said and done, it was it was it was for the better. And similar to a car wreck, when your nervous system is so much in shock, and you have got into this you know extremely bad accident, um, and you just get up and you just start walking away from the wreck, and you're sort of looking back at the scene, and everybody's rushing around you like, how are you up and moving? Stop moving, kind of thing, right? Very very similar. Yep. Um, I was I was moving, <laughs> and I was trying to tune back into my body to mm-hmm. understand what just happened, Yeah, right. where am I things were pretty daisy, stuff like that Um, I I didn't continue to play obviously I ended up just going home and resting for the night Um, and it was the next morning when I realized what happened similar to a car wreck, I woke up and couldn't move out of bed not a single muscle fiber Um, and from that point on it was, there was a little bit of a battle with trying to understand what that injury meant for me Right, mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, so ego is very present, um, which I think any athlete will always deal with to some capacity, at least. And for me, it was a battle with ego. It was that was my only identity that I had ever known up until that point was soccer mm-hmm. in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Anything and everything you saw me doing was relating back to to soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it goes back emotionally. Uh, my dad had left when I was young, around like the age of four or five, and that's when I first picked it up. Um, and I had one of my older uh relatives my cousin had come in and sort of used that right when that was happening in my life Mm -hmm. to sort of be that right that step in of that identity um and so i had to face it it was my body put me in a position it was like we're literally not going to let you move and you're gonna have to face this whatever this emotion is whatever all of this is um and i had been receiving care for the injury um all over the place you know and it was all it was outside of team it was it was um, in in several places around the country and stuff like that. And I it had gotten to a point where the care that I was receiving What
1: kind of care were you getting? Was it chiropractic Chiropractic, or therapy? Yeah,
2: everything. I mean anything and everything that sports physios, um you know, I I even went to, believe it or not, a couple orthopedics and podiatrists just Mm -hmm. because I wanted, you know, I wanted their input on what they've seen.
1: How was the pain manifesting in you? Like what was the what was the Was it pain everywhere? Were you able to walk? Was it shooting down your legs? Was it... Everywhere. It was everywhere. There were
2: times where, you know, obviously, as the body is always adapting, that it was a little bit more manageable and I can get up and move, but that that wrong movement, that millimeter of a wrong movement, you're out. So getting into a car and not doing it correctly... So your
1: life changed literally overnight. Flipped on its head.
2: You were 21 years old? Yeah. Flipped on its... uh, No, 18. 18 years old. 18 years old. So peak... Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And just stepping into it too, very bittersweet. I mean, I had just stepped into the realm of that professional world. You know, you're starting to see and feel the magic of what it's going to become. You're being yep. told a lot of these different things, um, and you're like, "Oh my god!"
1: Like, yeah, right. We, I'm, I'm here. I made oh, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I you're made at the top
2: it. of the escalator, looking down, like, "Yes!" And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and just taps you, and you fall. <laughs>
1: right How long did this debilitating pain last? I mean, was this were you going in and out of this for a year? For
2: Two years. Wow. Two years because... Like you never I knew what
1: was going to happen. When you woke up in the morning, you didn't know if you'd be able to move or not? No idea. And I was alone.
2: My My cousin I was living with at the moment um, was part of a production company, so they were always traveling. Yeah, right. So, and I didn't know who to call. Also. You were here in LA. I was here in LA, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I The reason it lasted two years was because that ego stepped in a little bit as an athlete, and I actually played a year for a different team, still technically injured. Wow. So I, I, yeah, I was able. The care that I was receiving did get me better to an uh-huh. extent that uh-huh. allowed me to still play, but there were still things that were always lingering. So I couldn't go anywhere or be anywhere without knowing practitioners around that area that I was going to have to go to all the time. Right. So it was like, okay, cool. You can you can be a pro athlete, but can you really? Yeah. Because right. everywhere you go, you need to make sure that you have your safety net or your, the protection from the playground. Right. How how much fun can I actually have? So you
1: weren't actually in jeopardy of. You know, like not being able to move. If you were able to play soccer, but you were not able to play it, I'm guessing at the level that you used to, right, right, previously yeah. play. Well,
2: it it ended up getting right back to a point where you know, and this is this is where I found this part of it out. When you do rehab from an injury per se, right, and you think that you're in the clear, I talk to this a lot about clients. Is again going back to thinking about the body as the computer and the brain as the CPU. Mm-hmm. I thought looking in my inbox. Oh yeah, I, I wiped that away but I didn't, it was actually in the archives. So it was still stored somewhere. And this is a big reason why when clients come in for treatment, we tell them, look, we have a program for a reason because if I go to fix your shoulder injury but I don't have enough time to assess the whole entire body, then that injury could come back 10 times worse. And that's sort of what ended up happening for me. And on top of it, I was still playing and performing. So it then eventually locked me right back up, old style, and got me to the point where it threatened my ability to move. Again, yeah, again, yeah, to move at all whatsoever, and even while I was playing, I mean, I was living in ice baths. I was sleeping on the floor. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I mean, I had it. So it wasn't
1: playing the way you were playing before, right? Right. It was playing, but you were, you were on on teetering, yeah, on the on the edge all the time, right?
2: Exactly. And for me, you know, it was like with the commitment that I was getting from the rest of the team and the coaches, it was the guilt also that held on Mm, to me. So I was a forward. And your main job is to put in the numbers, score the goals. And if we're losing, everybody's looking at you. And I just, I couldn't couldn't give it my best, right? And then the emotion would come up. And I was like, huh. So there's that assessment for the emotion then too. So once it did get me back to a point where, again, I can't move, now it had nothing to do with anything. Not the sport, not anything. It was quality of life. Yep. And it was complete darkness, unfortunately, right? And it took me really, 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 really down. And when people say, I thought I hit my low, mm-hmm. and you that's not the low, I moved the rock out of the way and saw another 60,000 feet, right? Jeez. And I gave myself an ultimatum, right? Because you start having thoughts that you just never thought that you would have anymore. And it was quality of life. It was... I want to still exist in this life I want to have a family I want to have kids I want to just enjoy the simple things like that and if you're if the therapists and the doctors that I was seeing was like you have to get surgery so that by the time you're 40 you're not bedridden so that you can enjoy the life that you're looking for something would that that frequency was like whoa whoa, 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 no surgery what do you you know millimeter left or right and I'm and I'm actually paralyzed right now we're still teetering on the fact of what's going on or not Um, so it scared me and I had those thoughts of you know you can either live life this way or not
1: well if all you ever knew was soccer exactly you know who are you without soccer
2: exactly right
1: Right. so it was a huge emotional switch and
2: I got to a point where I sent out this huge letter to all the teams that I was involved in any of the uh you know because at the time I realized okay I think I'm gonna have to go and understand how to help myself and I know what that's going to look like I don't know what the end so result is going look like. full-time. Network. Full-time. Full-time. Yeah. So I sent a message to all these. There were some college coaches that had been trying to recruit me, and I was going to use that as an opportunity to even use the studies. And I said, I can't believe how stubborn you're being. You need to completely disconnect from this identity to mm-hmm. set in your new path. You have to do it. And it was the ultimatum. And I also said, I'm going to get better. I don't know what it's going to look like, but if I can see what the finish line looks like, I know every day to that point is going to have some mechanism of healing. Right,
0: trust in that process. I, exactly,
2: just trusting. And it was just it was strictly intuition. It was strictly. Did intuition. you wake
1: up one day and know this, or did you? I was it a up, process to get there?
2: I woke up one day again, not being able to move, and was just so frustrated. It was like, I happiness is such an important thing for me, um, and I. Movement brings me happiness, just in general, Mm -hmm. right? And then the things around you that you want to also have in that happiness. So I told myself, I'm gonna go to school, and I'm going to study all of the disciplines out there, and on purpose, switch. And I don't care how long it takes me, because I know there's always different requirements. If you're going into this or this, Mm -hmm. I'll do them. I'll do Mm -hmm. the weed out classes, I'll do whatever. So I started studying medicine, and then switched to study uh, PT, to study nutrition, and then ended up kinesiologist. Right. And, and it actually took me five years um, to, to do all of that.
1: All in LA? Is this all where you were all That was place? a little bit all over. Yep.
2: Um, and then ended up mainly in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> learning all of that, I also had the ability to tap into all the research databases with a, with a .edu student account. Right. So you had access to JSTOR, PubMed, American mm-hmm. Online, anything, mm-hmm. the journals. And so I was in class having questions. That I, I was that I was writing up, you know, in my apartment or anything like that. Going to class, asking these questions, whatever I didn't get answers to, I went home to do research on, and I just kept pulling research from all these different things. That it was all, sense.
1: but it was all pulled. F- Based on you treating you.
2: Myself, right. Yeah, what, yeah. what I was feeling and when I would ask a question, they would say, that's not how the body works. I'm like, that's, you just don't know something and I got to go figure that out, right? right? right and right. then anything that I found that made sense or didn't make sense, a lot of it didn't really make sense in the beginning, but felt right. That was the hardest part. It didn't make sense to me when I read it, but something about it felt right. Yeah, right. So right. I said, I'm going to try it on myself. And this was anything from a movement to a self-release to a diet change to, you know, chemistry. I took everything into consideration, neurology, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and just would maneuver my couch furniture, whatever it might be, and try it, and then get up and just kind of start walking. And, and it got to a point where over time it was, oh my God, I can stand for longer than a half hour without my back going out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can walk now. Let's try to go for a run. Let's try to kick a ball around. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely was, again, getting that confidence back. Like five in years.
1: This is a five-year process. Right, right. right. So this, right. Was
2: about, this was about 2015 now. Um, that I really started to step into more of the full recovery. Uh-huh. Um, and I knew that there was something in here that was special and I might not have really understood what it was completely, but I something knew something in, something in what I had done with myself between all of the yeah, different right, therapy. Right, right? right. Um, and there was, it was, it was Western, it was Eastern, it was everything. Yeah. And I was like, there's, there's really nothing out there like this and i would try to talk to people around me about it and they would just they would give me the craziest <laughs> looks in the world especially right. in the midwest right. Right? right which again i'm compassionate for their ideologies and stuff but yeah they looked at me like i was an alien right. and it was i just it wasn't worth my time continually trying to talk about it so i kept shut about most of it um my brother was still out here in la um running a new production company and stuff so i used to call him to be my soundboard for everything mm-hmm. um he was an entrepreneur as well started his own company and stuff so he understood the business aspect of it as well and then my other thought was, I need to explain all of this to somebody that doesn't understand medicine or science, so that he, if he understands it, I know that I can help people because I'm speaking that language. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't understand it, I got to step back and figure out how to explain it. Um, so t- 2015-ish, um, his old offices were around the corner from where the current Human Garage location is. Mm. And his business partner had been going to see Gary for a little bit, um, and he got in a minor car accident, so his, his his buddy said, "You know, go see Gary. You know, around the corner, he'll he'll just take care of it." And he walks in and and meets Gary, and I think about five minutes go by or something like that, and he freaks out. And I just get my phone is blowing up after this, and I'm like, "You know, wait, what's going on? What's happening?" He's like, "I just met this guy. I swear to God, I thought I was talking to you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, <laughs> "He's as crazy as you he's, are." Yeah, he's and he's like the words, he's like everything. You, you know, you don't get it. He was freaking out, and I was like. okay (laughs) and i I was honestly at two split emotions it was weird as i as i was reflecting on it um a a couple of months ago actually we were talking about it when he first said it the first thing i felt was defeat because i unfortunately i thought i was the only one well well being in chicago i was like i didn't think anybody else out there was thinking along these lines so maybe he really hasn't been understanding everything i've been saying um later to then find out right i had i actually had plane tickets to LA two weeks after our conversation already booked because I was coming to look at commercial spaces to get a better understanding of what looks right what uh-huh. the environment is like I knew Santa Monica had their weird you know their own rules and stuff yeah, like right, that. so right. I wanted to get that understanding he said take this meeting before you're doing it I said all right I obviously trust you so that happened landed um, in LA walked into the garage and met Gary and that meeting literally only lasted 10 minutes I don't think it could have lasted any longer there was a lot of nonverbal communication mm-hmm. that happened I walked mm-hmm. in the garage and was like something about this place is what, what's happening yeah, what's right, going on right. um, he asked me a question I can't even remember my response all I remember was like barely getting five words out and and you know Gary I mean immediately just put his hand on my face he was like K K K K K and he already had the whole thing mapped out in his head and I'm sitting back I'm like uh, okay did I answer your, your question I don't know um, and you know we just cordial whatever See you later. We ended up talking on the phone later that day. I was reflecting, realizing, oh my God, that was my business. That was everything that I've, that I've been trying to plan out, map mm-hmm. out. He's mm-hmm. ahead of me. He has the location. He has the clients. He has the revenue. And he already has a therapy put together, Yeah. albeit that it's going to continue to develop. He has the starting point. Yeah. So let me just bring exactly what I have to collaborate. Because I'm not a superhero. I don't think anybody is. And that part really scared me because I was like, I need a team. In order to help deliver this, yeah, and where is that team going to be? I don't know, but I know that they're out there. We're gonna, it's gonna happen. We're gonna find them.
1: The team found you. Wait, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs>
2: and and so
1: we basically just came
2: together and we're like, I right, let's let's go out there to create something bigger. Now, Brian, let's, were
1: you on board at this point?
2: No,
0: did you? I came in. This Alex, this was about a year and a half, two years ago for Alex. This is when this he was, met.
2: 2015, yeah, to the, um, yeah, yeah. And, he and, and continued schooling. So yeah, I was still oh. in school. Oh, yeah, you yeah, were. and and I told him that I said, look, I still have two years to finish. Yeah. He said, okay. He said, but you're already there. I said, I know, but I gotta finish this. And he knew that too. He's like, yeah, you have to, because I want you to continue to pull out what's still out there. So when you say finish,
1: what does finishing mean? Is it was it a degree? Yeah. Or was it? A, okay. yeah,
2: it was my degree for kinesiology. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, at at University yeah. of Chicago or University
2: of Illinois Chicago. Got U- it. Yeah, UIC. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and I you was, did and I, you did go back and you oh finished. yeah I finished so I was and I was still working with the garage So I would fly to LA work over a weekend and then fly back Wow land red-eye Yeah, uh, take the L into the city and then all the way to class Wow and then show up for class Yeah, and then that pattern existed for about just a couple of years Anytime that I found the right time to go and, and work and stuff like if you were
1: that. taking the L you must have been O'Hare <laughs> not uh, midway
2: O'Hare, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Orange Line goes to Midway. I oh, think it does? Though. Yeah, I believe so. But yeah, I was
1: mainly out of O'Hare. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So then, Brian, when did you come into the picture?
0: I came in the picture. Uh, started coming around in July. I moved my family from New York. I had worked at a few. I worked at a few. You mean camps. just like
1: six months ago? I moved from in, in New nine York nine no, 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 no,
0: I moved uh, July uh, January uh, January two thousand seventeen. I moved to La Jolla, uh, San Diego. Started working at a place in La Jolla. Couldn't find the right space. Wound up finding a place in Hillcrest. Opened my own practice up
1: of massage therapy, uh, massage therapy,
0: massage. strength coach. You know, just okay. I, I used my license at, um, as a massage therapist, mm-hmm. you know, the license to touch and and yep. you know. So, opened my physical therapy type practice right there uh, within a chiropractic group. So they had a, they the chiropractor is actually pretty advanced, and they had a gym in the center. So they were also using trainers. Mm-hmm. I rented space from them. And had my own business right there. We didn't know. There was no competing. You know, we, mm-hmm. They had so much business. They could throw it to me. So I had basically, it was my, my table. I had a pull-up bar, cable hookups, everything. Um, got in there, and I'm treating people. And just, here I go. Everything's on me. I got the business line. Everything is, Brian, you're starting a business. Here we go. And going out and getting clients and working by myself. And I started to hate it. I, I saw these problems come up. I knew this is, wasn't the way it should go. Um, I'd be treating somebody I see their pain I'm looking at it going okay there's got to be something else here you know I I can't I always had the envision I used to say in my own practice I I would get people better in six sessions I don't know what it was I knew that there was a way I knew Mm -hmm. that there was a method Mm i said this before i ever knew what the human garage was and that's actually our current model our yep. base package actually six alignment sessions mm-hmm. so i felt that in myself uh i met somebody that was going up to the human garage said you got to go try this place you got to see this place come up with me
1: that i mean that's interesting because they weren't that well known this is no, like a was, year ago yeah he
0: sent me a podcast it was a uh, barbell shrug oh yeah the okay. first barbell yep. shrug podcast yeah uh, he goes listen to it see if you want to come up heard gary talk and i was like yep I'm going with you. And what I was going to do is actually steal some ideas, bring it back to my place. <laughs> yeah, and of course. Well, obviously. What a good, good therapist guy. would do. Yeah, right. A good trainer
1: does. I mean, I, was, I would always say oh. as a trainer, I mean, I'm just trying to steal from everybody I can. Yeah,
0: absolutely. The better, and, and you know, you've you got to, you you right. to be a knowledge pirate. You have to be a knowledge pirate if you really right. want to, you know, and that's why we're doing this podcast. There's right. people out there, you know, putting out there some pretty radical ideas. So I, I went in there with that full intention of just absorbing and that's what I do really well is I mm-hmm. can listen to somebody I know what they're talking about and I can absorb it and it takes one time Yeah. and so I with the podcast I was like boom got it went up saw I I shadowed the guy's session that I drove up with and Gary you know uh, Gary's son met me and he said you know he's asking what I do I, go, I have a practice down in San Diego he goes, oh that's cool let me introduce you to my dad dad came up he's like hey yeah, how's it going uh, why don't you uh, come in next week and do a consult and this was about a three month wait list so right I, Right. I come in next week oh this is awesome on me I'm like alright yeah sweet drive back up the next Saturday I don't get treatment it's an ambush interview and <laughs> Gary and one of the uh, the chiropractors sit me down and I'm like is this how a consult goes oh and then Gary the first question is what do you want to do I'm like well, what? what I'm here for treatment I'm here to you know do a consult and uh, you know I, I see what he's doing and he keeps asking me what do you want to do I mean, I, he, he got it right out of me I wasn't happy by myself So you want to come up and work here? And in that moment... So you never had a consult? Or at least... Well, no. He did the the initial jaw release. And then they took me off the table and sat me down, which was bizarre. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You know? And and everything, if you go into the garage, it's an open couch. There's no hiding spaces. Yeah. Everything is
1: open. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the most interesting therapeutic environments I've ever been in before. It's so important to have that. Because no... Everywhere else Everything is closed Yeah I mean You can't go you to And that's
0: I mean That that, that creates Another dynamic That I, I, It's beautiful To actually have To even hear somebody Going through an emotional release And you're and, and yes You have privacy You have three walls But there is an open space Where people can walk by and, Which
1: is was bizarre for me The very first time I went Because yeah. there were people Moaning on the table There were people and, you're, and you know Gary's like Well don't worry about that She's going through Some emotional stuff And this is her fifth session And she's got some experience you know it's typically Not what happens In the first session And yeah. um um, I'm like alright well, okay and, and it, everything's open and there are people walk it's very it's like a it's funny it's it's funny that the name is human garage because it reminds me very much of you know you go to Ford you get your car worked on and you go back to the it, behind the scenes and it's freaking hustling it, and bustling bustle. and cars and wrenches and bolts and nuts and shit happening everywhere it's exactly and that's exactly, like, what it's like. it's
0: exactly and it, it just it, it was the it was a clever name that wound up being exactly the identity of what we do and it yeah. started to the, the personification, it just was there. It exists. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, we look like it. You know, you, you come in there, it's not quiet. I mean, we have, you know, some good music playing where people are active, people are up and down. You know, there's so many different things going on. And it it's feels also safe. very
1: interesting, you know, my experience when, in going there. Uh, I, I can even see another analogy, you know, kind of with the mechanics. You guys are not part of really the customer service experience once you're done. Like it's very clear you're you're you've got a mission and your mission is to serve the person you're working with and you serve them fully once you begin Mm -hmm. right up until the moment you're done. And when you're done, you've. You've moved on to the next person or whatever else you've got going on. Before I mean, you've you've made sure that they're that they're that they know where to go. Yeah. But you don't do the t- traditional stuff that come. You, you you hand them off to the front desk or to the the people that do that. Yeah. As a specialty. Especially. Yeah. And every, it's it's really different. Than, every
0: department has their yeah. We we're that's what we we always attract the right people at the right time too. And as we grow, and we. I mean, we put to get hired. It's it's the process. I mean, you just have to trust the person that's walking in. Depending where they're going to go, and they always mm-hmm. fit right where they're supposed to be, right? You know, right. and handing somebody off, it, it, it's you know that my level of care is exactly like Alex's and in terms of how you'll take care of them. Yeah, you'll right. know hand it to the front desk. They handle with the same level of care, going off to the progression specialists, which are people assume you know are trainers, are strength coaches that we have in the gym, and it's all that same standard. How so,
1: we, how soon did you know? You were going to move yourself
0: up here, and like so, you- he said. He goes, "What do you want to do?" And I know he was assuming he goes, "You want to work here." I go. He goes, "You want to work here?" I go, "Yeah, I want to work here." He goes, "Let's do it." And I go, "I got to go home and think about it." We talked about what I needed to move up there, and I, I get in my car, and I'm just thinking about it, and I just yeah, I call I ru- I call him right back up. I go, "Let's let's do this." And he goes, "When you can you come up?" I go, "I'll start next week." Wow. I literally went down. Paid my last month of rent. This is, the shop this is like a year and a half ago about this. No, this was in August. Well, this just, I, this yeah, just happened. This, yeah, this was in August wow. and they were neat. I mean, it was, it, it fit right. You know, it, they needed somebody. I mean, I was willing, you know, I, I needed to really push. I was ready to push the treatment. I was doing similar things. I just needed that help and mm-hmm. listening to him. It was, it was everything. So mm-hmm. I came up, I would come up after like weekend after weekend for about three weeks or so. And I just sit with Gary. We'd treat people together. And he wanted to test to see how I could work. Yeah. And, it, yeah, right. and, it, and it fit perfectly. You know, I would, before he would ask me to do something, I'd go there and do it. Mm-hmm. So it was that trust immediately. And I was able to get up and running in about a month. Hmm. And then while I was there, start to learn the way of the garage. But the need was there now. I mean, our company was growing. Yeah, right. And it wasn't like an easy process. It was trial by fire completely at yeah, that right. point. It right. just, I was in September was when things got full swing. Um, you know, moved up here. My moving truck got stolen. That was like it was like this like I needed to purge my life. I uh, you mean, your moving truck
1: got stolen. Yeah, with I'm, your stuff in it,
0: everything. <laughs> Welcome to L.A., brother. This this
2: fool was in the alley. I walked out of of work closing closing down for the day, and I walk out to see him, and uh, and Jordan Gary's son uh, in the alleyway with his car on. They're both like kind of squatted over the hood of his car with Chick fil A. Yeah, e- eating so I, in between this move what, what while did, he was there. Yeah,
0: well, well, so what I did is uh, five o'clock, pack up the truck in San Diego. Mm. Boom, I'm on the road. Get up there about eight o'clock. I don't have time to unload the whole truck now, so I call my friend Jordan. I go, listen, oh, you're doing
1: j-. this move yourself. You, yeah, were, this was I ran for. a moving
0: company back in, in college with my cousin, oh, and okay. so I know I'm I'm really good with this. Got so, it. but I do need another man. I need labor. Yeah. so I go, listen, you got to help me get my crib, the cribs. I have twins. Got to help me get the cribs off the truck, my bed and a couch. That's all I got to do. Take half an hour. He does that. I'm like, sorry, right. it gets close about nine o'clock. I'm like, all right, let's go back. I'll drop the you. Truck sitting in
1: front of your apartment. I
0: park the truck in front of the apartment, very close to here right now, actually. Um, and uh, so I go. Listen, let's go get something to eat. The only thing that's open, like Chick Fil A. Right, we'll go grab Chick Fil A. You know, it is what it is. We need to put something in our fa- in our faces right now. Uh, I drop him off at the garage where his bike was. Alex comes out. We say hello. We I drive back. This is about in that span of forty five minutes. I park you were gone car, for forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. I park my car. I go out and I'm like, "All right, I'm going to start unloading boxes right now. I don't need somebody's help. I don't need somebody's help." And I'm looking for the truck. I'm like, "Where the hell is it? Where the hell is it? Where the hell is it?" And it's not there. I'm like calling all the tow companies. Did you tow my truck? I'm looking at the sign. I go, "This is not there." I call the police departments. Uh, we are on the border. So, are you Culver City or are you Mar Vista right now? We're in Mar Vista. Okay, so one street over is Culver City yeah right Right. Culver
1: City's got these very weird borders yeah Mm -hmm. so
0: Culver City is the house so so I'm calling the police department call 911 they go where are you I'm like I'm in front of this this address they go okay are you in the street or in the house I go (laughs) I'm in front of the house they go you gotta call Culver City I call Culver City and they go Are you in the street or the house? They go, you're in the street or the house They go, well, my car's in the street They go, No, you gotta call Los Angeles So I had two different police officers coming up No one wanted to help me I'm right. like, the truck is being stolen right now And like, What's going on? So finally get a hold of, it's Los Angeles Fill out the report They find my, my moving truck Three days later in Compton Whoa Someone called up they, they, The license plate matched Everything was ransacked, gone Whoa So that was my moment I called Gary I told him, I was like Everything has been taken First thing he says to me, he goes, "That's supposed to happen." This is the guy that I'm going to go work for, and he says it in a confident tone. He goes, "This is a good thing," and at this moment, I'm freaking. Them. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, losing yeah. my mind. I go, "Oh, my kids' toys, everything right. is gone." He goes, "We'll help you out. It doesn't matter. But this is supposed to happen," and that's why I knew I was really. I was at that change in my life where whoa, whoa. I mean, I I, I felt like I got on a on a, a rocket ship. And my left, my level of where I was vibrating as a human being took off to the next level because I had yeah, to right. accept that, right? And not like, oh, what? you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. How am I going to do this? I'm going to get insurance. I got no. You're right. This is supposed to happen. And that was the moment. Yeah, that's, where I had to that's make all those Gary's. Changes. That's Gary's world. You're yeah, not, you don't live in reality, reality. dude. Like, yeah. Which- oh well, that's why I was like, oh, jeez, f- <laughs> I have to trust this now. <clears throat> I mean, this is my boss You know. But he said in the tone, I'm like, you're right. You're right. I had to pick up. And I mean, a lot of things changed jeez. in my life at that point. You know, I had actually, uh, the mother, and my children, we had separated right at that point too. It was just almost the catalyst. Was
1: she down South with you? Yeah.
0: She so moved she up stayed. Yeah. Oh, she moved. She moved. She so moved her stuff got we stolen too. Everything. So, I mean, it's like, it was the final split in our relationship. Right. And, you know, that was tough, but right. it was supposed to happen. Right. And everything, I mean... It has all worked out now, and that's that trust. Right, and people, I, I, I equate it to, right. Like you know, when people come in, that's why I can really relate to people when they walk in. They have this; they've been defeated. They've been defeated. They've been defeated. I go, we'll, we'll just figure it out. It's supposed to happen. There's a reason you're here. There's a reason we're just going to plug it in and, and work this out. Yeah. And instantly, their shields go down. Right. And now you need to be responsible with that. And once they let their shields down, the picture unfolds right. of what needs to happen. Right. So that's what I did. I, I trusted it. I completely trusted in the garage, and everything has folded unfolded the way it should be and i'm in a better place now
1: now how do you guys run your lives to keep yourselves in balance like are you getting treatment are you what are you you doing personally
0: so we have to meet we have to keep maintenance ourselves and it's actually the model of what when you're done with your treatment program at the garage uh your initial you know that that first package you come in you finish those those 15 16 sessions uh what we're we're doing that ourselves so it's maintenance programs you know you we get chiropractic adjustments whenever we can grab dr luke or dr danny we have hired we just say you know please get us get it going do you
1: guys go to the gym do you go work with ryan do you have a neurological thing or we i've been doing i mean alex piece? but
0: i've been doing my own thing it's just hard to get over to the gym right now yeah, so i yeah. just do it you know i'm at home with the kids you know i'm, uh-huh. I'm doing handstands in my living room and i'm the picking things up, you
1: know you need to do yeah i'm picking up
0: kettlebells I, I i'm doing my own rehab when we have a when we're having our space all in, all in one in unit, one place, yeah. I'll be down there. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's it's so important. We have to live and encompass what we're trying to preach to our, to yeah, our right, clients. coming right. in. So, but it's one of the
1: things that I see very regularly with, especially with coaches and trainers who are trying to run businesses, and you know, you get so caught up in running your life that it's very hard to follow your own advice uh, and to spend the time that it takes to do your own. To,
0: That's to, the lesson I had to learn, and Gary had to pull the team aside and go, Brian will not ask you for help he will help anybody else he will right. he, i will i will put myself on the line but i will not ask for help and that was my that's been my journey right. and it's to the point where i'll go through migraines i mean i have so much energetical cachet i mean I'm, i am just unloading on my my energy and i'm not receiving yep. and that's a lot of practitioners out there yeah. they need yeah. to learn to take care of themselves so yeah it's you have to
1: how about you alex what do you yeah have? well <clears throat> kind of
2: similar just i ideally would love 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 to be with with ryan uh
1: over at the gym doing a lot oh, of those.
2: Well, and i had a couple if we can get him. into his schedule yeah, yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have
1: okay, him in for yeah. a podcast we're gonna i'm gonna hopefully do a video podcast with yeah. him so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, i mean not that we're not videotaping now but it's not my video <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, yeah. i think the value of really are you gonna
0: him, be doing he's gonna be demoing i don't know
1: i don't know exactly i just thought Let of the other day throw him in like, at, he's, throw he's, in any he's any an space. important piece yeah if you have a chef on
0: your podcast you're gonna want to do it in your kitchen and watch him cook you something exactly how do you chop that
1: onion Yeah. you know like
0: Yeah, so uh,
1: it's it's got to be maybe in my backyard or something. I don't know. Right? No, that's
0: the thing. You can do this stuff anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, we were talking about our setup. It's like you know, where are we going to put the gym? I I would joke around. Let's just roll a rubber mat out in the in the parking lot. Right. And he he looked at me like, yeah,
3: no, that
2: will work. Right. (laughs) We (laughs) have to get the quick visual. Oh, yep, we're good. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So for me, a little bit the same. Just just with the busy schedule and stuff like that, I'm not able to have the ideal, Mm -hmm. but I like it because clients sometimes want to have the ideal too. And then you have to step back into whatever your reality is. So what can you do? Yeah. So, and, and I just, you know, squatting is a big, big thing for me. Um, squatting throughout the day, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, a lot of the times, um, you know, in the mornings you're in bed, you wake up, roll over, grab your phone, roll back over and you're going through your emails, you're going through Instagram, you're doing whatever. Um, I'll try to get up and squat while doing that. Okay. Oh, cool. right? And yep. then that way I'm not so much focused on the actual what I'm doing. The, You're just the in the position. Ability. I'm just in the position. Yeah. Right. Squatty potties. Right. Squatty potties. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'll use everyone um, out
0: there listening. Yeah. I don't care. We'll just uh, get an apparatus. Get those legs get up. Get the
2: legs up. Yeah. I used to use the garbage. Anywhere I go that doesn't have it, I'll grab a garbage trash can if it if it can move around, if it's not one of those big tall ones and just Plop my feet. I don't right know where the had we
1: we have I I had a squatty potty before anybody even knew what a squatty potty was. And uh we I've got one upstairs. There was one in here. I think maybe it's in my son's bathroom. But um yeah, I've been a huge proponent. Steal your little kids' yeah.
0: stools that they have yeah. and yeah. Yeah, 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 stools. The little stools for the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: it's just it's kind of similar to Brian, just little certain maintenance things that you know are right for you that can help to keep you into balance. And and really are what are you playing? Up, are you playing soccer these days? You know, I haven't lately. Um it's it's been a while. I definitely know that I want to get back into... Do you, are you at a point where you like don't that? have
1: to hold yourself back? Like, you can just go for it and play the way you used to play? Or, or yeah. do you have to... Are you conscious of... I mean, my, like, f- my if we're talking about, like, endurance
2: fitness, it's probably pretty low. Yeah, right, <laughs> of course, of course. But as far but as, for like, ten,
1: The first 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah. you right, can... Right. You, I'm can like, you... Whoa,
2: that's... that's yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, everything as far as pain-wise, Yeah pretty good oh, that that's great point yeah that's mm-hmm. that's awesome mm-hmm.
0: like, me and summer league lacrosse yeah so it's like, <laughs> cool I just, yeah I you're just an east say, coaster, I, like, oh right? let me get yeah let me get right back in there and play with you know your boys. As, your, so as your boys
1: get it. older your your skills are going to become quite uh useful as a lacrosse player yeah i mean um, uh, identical twins yeah it's like your,
0: you know boys go goal. yeah right yeah
1: absolutely so but we did baseball and soccer but um yeah we just didn't i don't know why we didn't go lacrosse but we didn't so Know Who knows Maybe they'll maybe it'll, know, it'll I mean happen, they watched you know? The
0: Olympics And I, 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 Blaze was watching He was running around And figure skating He was just <laughs> Spinning around the room Right there You know He just That was what he gravitated to So I, whatever they go. do I'm gonna leave it all out yeah. On the floor Whatever they wanna do Yeah cool, yeah. cool. You know That's important for Guys groups.
1: thank you so yeah. much I mean we, we could probably Go on for another yeah. Couple hours yeah. um, There's not a limit To the amount of things We could talk about But um, maybe we'll just Save it for another podcast Yeah Definitely. You know a year, a year from now The yeah. conversation Probably will have shifted you know uh, and, <laughs> I mean you guys are <laughs> To think about where we were a year prior Yeah yeah right yeah right
0: definitely. Where you we know, st- where we started when when I got Hired
1: well that's one of the things that I love about Gary's philosophy um, Is do Every throw everything Possible that we Know right now in this moment At at the client To focus on their healing And let and And, and don't Don't wait for like to be necessarily proven or to have a study come out that claims that it that it works right. Like let's just, we're just going to go for it and and as things evolve, they evolve and the client becomes part of the process, the process. of the evolution.
0: And they love that. Right. They I love, love that. that. They, they, I love, love that. that. I mean, Absolutely that's, love that. Right. that's the beautiful thing.
1: I mean, you're um, not, it's not like you're Removing a disc from my back, you know, so I'm not. I don't feel that there's a lot of risk
0: no, involved. No, 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 no.
1: You know, so, um, but I, I, love that philosophy, and I love the speed at which, which Gary is moving, and you guys are moving, and the whole garage is moving, and, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really cool pro system and program to be involved in. Yeah. So,
0: thank you. I really way.
1: appreciate you guys. How, um, if anybody out there is listening and wants specifically to talk to either one of you, are you Instagrammers? Are you Twitterers? Are you like, how would somebody Engage with you with a question, or I'm look,
0: Yeah, I'm 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 looking at somebody that's trying to get my uh, Instagram up. I'm I'm like I'm not a millennial, which is weird. I'm an old soul, but uh, I'm I, not
1: a millennial. Middle, I can't even say it. The, I'm not the, that either. Good, but you know, I have Instagram. I know. I need Facebook to. You know what? Things. It's going
0: to push me up to uh, getting my professional Instagram going and contact. So me, you're
1: unreachable at this. Moment. I'm not
0: unreachable. I mean, you call the garage, and you know you'll you'll ask for. But like, if there? somebody
1: wants to reach you, the way Brian. D- uh, Hopefully. It's a good question.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm i guess I'm in the same boat. Technically yeah. I am a millennial, but I'm not really present on social media don't really? Facebook. Really? Um I yeah. This no is, is the intervention we have. No this is, the, this is the social media. <laughs> Come on, intervention guys. I need this happens right now. People want to talk. People want to engage we we are we are I'm, I'm in
0: Well wait, 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 but by the time this podcast oh, airs, yeah. Alex and I will have somewhere to done. reach us. All done right? Okay because great. we're not releasing right, cool. this we'll, tomorrow. So it'll all
1: go in the show notes. We're gonna put it'll right. go in the show notes. It'll go up mid April. So um it'll go in the show notes and I'll you guys have questions for Alex? Or, or Brian so we we'll will create,
2: create like a professional Instagram account something right. like that yeah get cool. that going yeah definitely. or personal and then, hey, so hey, anyone yeah. that yeah.
0: contacts us you'll be our first so I'd be excited oh, how cool is that yeah
3: <laughs>
1: very cool <laughs> you can be first but you won't be last <laughs> 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 on that note oh boy sign it out alright hey it's Andy and thanks so much for listening If you want to know more about what I'm learning each month, head over to andypatronic.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. If you were touched, moved, or inspired by anything you heard today, chances are someone else you know would be too. Please take a moment to think about who and send them a link to this episode. And if you're super stoked, please head over to iTunes to write a review. The best way to keep current on guests and episodes is to subscribe so that the latest one will automatically get delivered straight to your phone. The apps I use for this are Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or Pocket Casts. The Andy Patronic Podcast is produced by our team, Winslow Jenkins, Becca Borowski, and Ernie Hurtado. Big thanks to Nikki Grudidaria for the artwork. You can find all of our episodes, links, and complete show notes at WholeLifeChallenge.com forward slash podcast. I'm Andy Patronic. Thanks for listening.